you go, Mike. Okay, thank you very much. Wow. I have one personally. That's a nice sanction. It is, and it's nice. you got a straight one. shooter. It's a straight shooter, let me tell you. Sweet. Well, here's my first question. Do you think it's a little dangerous handing out guns in a bank? And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think we're listening to Tim. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. Uh, I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, good catch there, Ethan. I don't know if I actually told you <laughs> Liam was No, I was, about, I was about to ask, and I got to it. Okay, I'm just going to give it like half a second, see if, see if I'll, I'll realize. Yeah, no, it was all right. It was all right. Um, so yeah, uh, Liam, yeah, life stuff gets in the way sometimes. Yep. And that's where we are this time. So it's nothing. He wanted to be here actually today. Just uh, uh, life got away from him. He was in contact throughout the day and warned me it might happen. And then it did happen. And I was like, hey, it's cool, buddy. I had a day. My car yeah. decided to stop running. I, I was meeting the people from Abba's family for a... Uh, uh, we're painting some set today. Yep. And I was not painting set because I have a severe issue with painting. But I was working <laughs> on a promo video, so I was going to do that with the same space, everybody. And as I was driving down, I was going, it feels like I need a little bit more, Liam would say, a little bit more welly yeah. to get the, um, to like my RPM is starting to go higher than usual to switch. I drive an automatic because it's all I know how to drive because in North America, it's what most of us drive. Sorry, Hermes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking that, <laughs> that alternate narrative you're throwing out there. And, um, that was okay, and then I started noticing that it was almost like it was like holding pressure and then releasing it. So I had this like jerky kind of catch and release motion. That might be the best dance you've ever done. Thank you. Yourself. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I got to this one light in 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 the town, and uh, we're about to, we're trying to go up. It's a four way stop, and I get the green light, and it's uphill, and I put my foot to the floor, and nothing happens. <laughs> and I go, oh, no. <laughs> so I do move at about 10 to 15 miles an hour, but I've got my hazards on, and everyone was pretty cool about yeah, it for the most part. Yeah, you put your hazards on, yeah. there's not much anyone else can do. And uh, drove up to the local high school and parked it there and went. And then I checked, I like, can reverse, no issues. <laughs> but pedal down going forward, issues. So it sounds like it's like... a issue with the like the car's ability to like change between gears without someone manually changing the gears no because i even thought like i put in that like there's a little bit you can sort of put in the manual and play around with it it wouldn't even rpm so the the pedal down wasn't registering to the engine Uh, okay but when it was in reverse it did register to the engine so there's something that's not quite so i was talking to the guy at the garage i'm because it's not an old sorry it's not a super old car it's a 2015 so i was talking to a guy at, at, at the garage um, he was he was the Sunday guy. So I'm not sure he's the the super. Billy goes. That sounds like a sensor to me. And I was like, oh, I really hope so because that's that's the cheapest option of them all. <laughs> but all the other stuff, the fact that I can reverse fine, so it can't be the. It's not a mechanical issue. No, is it can't it? be no. the gearbox because then the issue I wouldn't be able to it go in like reverse. A gearbox sensor, yeah. But yeah, sensor. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it was a spark plug, the engine wouldn't fire. No. So all these other things, I'm going. Nope, nope. So it's the belt, and they went. Well, no, because the belt would work. And I'm like, exactly. It I sounds think sounds like it's the car's ability to know that you're going faster. Now there's probably some of these car people out there because I'm not one who are shouting it's it, you idiot it's this, this. <laughs> this. 
I appreciate that Ethan's not doing it because Ethan's such 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 a car guy. Oh yeah, when I when I quantum <laughs> leaped back a few years, I was able to learn all about cars. <laughs> he watched all the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> I got through like the first three. Went, this is shit. You owe me a ten second Wait- car. Which is the which is the one with the with the with the the vault for the rocks and is that four? I I haven't seen. <laughs> I've not seen any. I've of seen them one and say. two, and I tried to watch four. And when I got into my eighth scene in ten minutes, I went <laughs> no, I, literally eight scenes in ten minutes. I was like, I'm gonna live tweet it, and I was like, I give up. I literally tweeted, I, I give up. Eight <laughs> scenes in ten minutes. There's no need for anything to be this this short. Like, how about we develop something? Yep. They, I don't so, yeah. get. I don't understand the appeal. Yeah, well, we weren't even. If, it's a good job, to be fair, that we weren't car sharing because if yeah. not, you might have found out that your car was not working tomorrow morning on the way to work. So. Oh, it was, no, no, I, I, it was so much better if I was doing yeah, this today. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the time you don't want to find this is when you're on a seventy mile an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we might call it a highway Highway-way, in yeah. Canada. You might call it dual like carriageway, like a, uh, a freeway yeah. in the states or a dual carriageway here. But yeah, seventy miles an hour is not the time to find out your car is going to conk out at thirty five. No, no. So that is that. So. Uh, not that appealing, but uh, or or you know not appealing to everybody, which might ap- apply to our movie today, <laughs> as we do episode number. I think it's one forty three. I think this I is think it's one forty three because we've been recorded. It's, it's it's Addison October. Addison October. Um, but episode yeah, number one forty three. Yeah, well, the last one that we record, <laughs> that we not the last. So the, the danger of being out of sync is that it won't pop up in the two future ones because no, we've right. recorded them in the past. Yep. Um, bowling for Columbine. Um, yeah. so yeah. So if you haven't caught, we did a Mice and Men last week. Go check that out. Uh, um, go check out. I'm trying to remember what we did before that in the timeline. Here was it the big short. No, Whiplash, Whiplash, yeah, and then Big Short before that. So we, yeah. we've, we've had some heavy hitters, uh, and I'll tell you who are some heavy hitters. That's our friends of the podcast, Woo! our Patreon hey. backers. I'm talking about Reverend Bruce. Yeah. I'm talking about Julie. Yeah. I'm talking about Herbie's. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about Lena Oberholzer. Yeah. I'm talking about Katie McRae. Yeah. I'm talking about Anthony yeah. and Davies, yeah. making it all the way so. Yeah. I'm talking about, don't call him Crispy, he's Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson. <laughs> I'm talking about Randall, still don't know your twiddle handles. Twiddle handle? Twiddle, sure, twiddle, twiddle. <laughs> Handle Silva. I'm talking about Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. I'm, I'm talking about the Yeetmeister. Yeet. Yeet. I'm talking Nate the Great. He's, great, great. I'm great. talking about Andy Dixon. Andy Dixon. Dixon. I'm talking about Holly Callen. Holly Callen. I'm talking about Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Shit. And I'm talking about Richard. 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 All right. Uh, let's do some reflections and corrections. Oh, yeah, because this one has actually got... There's a mistake. I think I made. That's not good. I'm not going to even give this context. I'm just going to play the clip. Oh, God. Oh. I was more upset at the dog dying than Lenny dying, to be honest. Me too. Are you supposed to be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because we have to stay in the room. Not that, I, not that I want to watch a dog get snuffed out, but I'm left waiting for a gunshot, which was there. Which wasn't there. We'll, we'll, we'll look it up. <laughs> well, as soon as we get done with the... Da, 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 I'll look it up. Curious. Okay. No, no, we'll, we'll look it up. We'll look it yeah, up. I've got, I've got 46 more hours or something I can watch it for. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a look at that. And we're not lying. We were genuinely curious. So yeah. as soon as we got done, I was ready to watch football. And then I don't know if it was you or Liam. It was Liam. Went, were you going to check that gunshot out? 
And I went, yeah, yeah, because I was not afraid. And so we gave it a listen. Georgia, what did we hear? Uh, the, the, what's a gunshot? There was a gunshot. Even uh, Ethan was like, I didn't hear one. I'm like, no, no, I'm I Liam heard this. I think he spoke to me when it happened. At uh, the time. No, Liam did do, I said, yeah, I th- yeah. you spoke through something. But I said, everything that makes sense visually needs a gunshot to yeah, occur. Yeah, I, I said, yeah, I said you were right. I just didn't, I hadn't heard it. So As I, I tell confused. my students. It's not one thing. It's how they all work together for an effect on the audience. In this I case, I think I backtracked sad. as well because I was thinking of a different scene. You were, you were thinking of a different scene later. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, for every now and then, because lately when I've been like, no, no, I'm so right. And you guys are like, no, no, you're wrong. I've been wrong. very wrong. So, today at least. Acknowledge me. That's right. Uh, other reflections and corrections. Latin Jukebox, you just said about us, what an awesome gang around and what a wonderful movie. It's a must listen for sure. Oh, what was that one? On that about? was for um, that was for my son. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yeah. So you know, we we had our fair share of feedback, as we're known to do, and uh, we have some from. Hey, it's your sister. Fuck. Uh, my sister, who said, "I've never wanted to watch." I'm sorry, I've never not wanted to watch a film more than this. Sorry, enjoyed the gang's take on it. Why did I feel like Ethan was missing, sweetheart? you were missed now <laughs> ethan i am not calling you sweetheart just for the record even though it is in my dulcet tones uh, this might be hermes having having hacked my sister's account because it's so profoundly <laughs> hashtag team ethan but yes Aww. he did chime in on it i mean yeah he my sister says please chime in more i'm like you have no idea the damage you are doing to my podcast as you write this <laughs> Uh, chaos will reign that's right Herbie's did ship in as well and i went no no don't you start don't you start <laughs> i got room for one one of you two kirsty Hermes, make up a rota which is what we say here in the uk make up a schedule between you who's gonna be team schedule. ethan each week because i'm not dealing with two of you is the american way to say schedule schedule no schedules if depends on part of the states but schedule would be if you were like from new england money Okay, cool. Because I was like, because someone had told me like schedule is a much more American way of saying nah. things. And I've got that line in the show and I can't say nah. it in the accent as schedule. So I have to keep it. As no, you, you would sound too posh. Cool. Wonderful. Yep. Uh, then we've got uh, Poet Laureate of the BFE, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. I'm very late coming to this, but Whiplash is probably the best BFE episode ever recorded. <laughs> I totally did not see it coming. <laughs> Hermes picked a stonker. I didn't expect it to cause such divided reactions amongst the team. It was tough hearing Georgia getting especially upset, but I was with her. Of course you were. I found watching the film hard. It gave me whiplash. See what you did there. But listening was so emotional and in many ways harder. Such a great episode and excellent listening experience. Thanks, Dwayne. You guys need need to get some tougher stuff. I mean, it shouldn't be hard to listen to an episode. Wait, I got upset. I know you got upset. Just because you've got a heart of stone and have seen me upset 80,000 times. I'm a heart of stone. <laughs> you just well, I don't it. know. I make, my, I, I make my living talking about two teenagers who, you know, commit suicide because they can't be with a person they met three I days ago. Juliet is stupid. But you know what I mean? Like, this is the sort of stuff that I think if you teach English, you know, death is part of, part of the equation. Yeah, but we, I wasn't crying over a death No, you were I was crying because we were arguing with each other. Oh, but, but, even, yeah, but it was like... Did you get the... the Hermes and myself and Ethan weren't angry though. Yes. Okay. And I still couldn't deal with it. <laughs> that was the I get it if like, people are like legitimately angry. Not angry. If people are legitimately angry, I totally get the tears. Yeah, no, I, I just, I just, I'm just an emotional person. All right. Well, anyway, um, let's do some more shout out, shall we? And enough news. Yeah. <laughs> This is nothing new. In other news, here's other news. Um, I looked at our month-to-date download numbers today, and uh, it's just every now and then you get a country, and you're like, wow. 
<laughs> so our number three downloading uh, market of the month is Malaysia. Hey, Malaysia. Hey. hey, Malaysia. Thanks a lot. That's cool. It is cool. Yeah, cool. This is where Liam would go. Who would have thought it? You know what I'm saying? You, thought, you know when we started? You know when we, we started? Did you ever think? Well, we just we three, people, three listeners. I should just get Liam to ask the question. I could push it on a button. You know, similar. Oh, I was going to push the button for uh, for Ethan's thing, uh, but it's not queued up not yet. Queued so. up. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Maybe I can replace that for a couple of weeks with with Liam's. If he's never, if he's not here, I'll just push that button. The button that did says, you ever think? Did you ever think when we first started and we were sat down not. recording? <laughs> I thought we might give up after two episodes. I thought we might be horrendously bad at it. Especially after the Amelie episode. Oh, my goodness. I was more down on myself after the first one. I was more down on you after the second one. Yeah. You, you did not take that well. No. It was difficult. For people who haven't listened, hey, go check out episode two on it's Amelie. Like three years ago. It's the first sort of, like, um, therapy that we sort of needed. It was episode two. It was episode two. Three. Because we found a way to get George's audio into the recorder we used at the time. But unfortunately, we couldn't find a way to get it into our headphones. Yep. So George would try and chip in. But the problem was that we couldn't hear her. (laughs) So as a result, we always like every tie went to Liam or went to myself and very little went to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got upset. Yeah, and, and then and then you you purchased, but couldn't articulate why I was upset no. enough. So then we had a bit of an argument. Yeah, because when it was over, you made this big. Oh, you even said at one point, "Don't ever come on this podcast if they ask you to." Yeah, I probably did. <laughs> I, I remember going, "You don't have to be on the podcast, but please don't say things like that." <laughs> <laughs> so I was go. so frustrated, and then and then I purchased a a gnome, an apology gnome, an apology gnome, there we go. and popped it on your doorstep and sent you a gif of a gnome knocking on a door yep. and, and just drove away. It was well done. <laughs> <laughs> hey if you're gonna screw up apologize with style you know what i'm saying <laughs> so that was well done there you go there's a little we even need a mailroom episode for that that is spontaneously i wish i had that creativity for an apology oh george is very good at apologies i'm very good at gifts in general you are very good at gifts yeah. in general but, you're, 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 but your apology gifts are spot I'm, on i know what i'm wrong yes yeah, yeah, yeah. not in the moment <laughs> not in the moment <laughs> In the moment, you you have no idea because you're not wrong very often. But when you are, you're, really, you're almost quite belligerent. I but, really struggle with being. But wrong. then you yeah. leave and you go, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do really struggle with being wrong. That is so. Whereas accurate. I make some horrendous mistakes, but I know pretty quickly I've screwed things up. Oh no, it takes a good like four to six working hours for, for you. Yeah. Do you have that thing where you realize you're in halfway through? Oh, like, oh, the oh totally. And you're like, totally. How the fuck? How do I get out of this? I will I literally, I will literally day. leave a room. I will come back in, and it's like the mist has like like settled yeah. and i'm just like yeah I'm, I'm really sorry and everyone else is like still mad because they're still mostly in the fight but it's all like flooded out of like mine's like a quick like you hit a switch it all comes out in a big torrent but then it's done and mm-hmm. i'm like clear-headed and like let's work towards rebuilding a, re- a relationship because uh everyone else is still like why aren't you mad that mad that maddens me more because you've got this objectivity i'm not ready to make nice yet my favorite yeah. one, I was like, I was, I was really trying to defend something like that I believed. And I got halfway through the conversation. I realized I was completely thinking of the wrong thing and had to stop. And I was like, do I continue or am I going to look like a jackass? And go, yeah, guys, the last 20 minutes was the wrong thing. Sorry. Yeah. I've gotten uh, better. You have gotten better. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the shout outs now. No, no, acknowledge me, please. I acknowledge you. Acknowledge my, uh, I acknowledge you've gotten my better. growth as a human. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
I really should get mad more often. I could use some more decorations for the studio. <laughs> it, was a, it was the first real BFE sort of adornment we had. Adornment, yeah. yeah, was was the gnome. Um, Malice after midnight for the love. The Scuttlebutt Podcast. That's Hermes hey. Podcast. Go give that a listen. Hey Hermes. Chuck and Ruff, who submitted their list for the Real Roundtable. Oh. not the Royal Roundtable though. Oh, the Romcom Roundtable. Ah, oh. like to remind you that was twenty months ago. Oh, I remember it. It was that long ago. I remember looking at it going, how long ago was this? And so I looked at the tweet they referenced that I'm like, guys, this did, is did from the date. This is from January 2021. Well, you know, you can edit tweets now. Two minutes, talk about this for two minutes. That's really? What we do. If you oh. pay for Twitter Blue, oh. you can edit tweets, but you can only edit them for the first half hour after you've That's fair. tweeted, and the entire edit history is, Will be available. is, is viewable. That's no, good, because yeah. there's times where I tweet something out, and I put like a misspelling in like a really it's important a place. Yeah, yeah, or get yeah. the hashtag slightly wrong. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if I could fix that, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll pay for Twitter Blue. I don't know how expensive how much it is, is it? or That's if the it's question. a debate thing at the moment, yeah. but I've seen a few tweets. That I've now seen you can tweets. put like photos and videos in the same tweet, but you can't do it with a poll. I really was hoping I could put a picture with my poll. Yeah, that'd yeah. be helpful, wouldn't it? It'll be helpful. Um, we've got Sci-Fi Remnant for the Love. Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die. More on him hey. in a second. Uh, we've got a repeat entrance from... Hey, it's your sister! <laughs> Where, in other words, might be. Uncle Ian's podcast. Yeah, dang straight it is, buddy. Uh, she says, I've had bullying on my, bullying for Columbine on my watch list for maybe six months. Um, in my elder years, she says, bracket, she's so old. She really is. I've swayed more to documentaries <laughs> she now. Got your younger sister. Yeah, but I look. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have like the fountain of youth. You know what I mean? Like, I look young. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because she has two kids and I don't. <laughs> uh, that might do it. That might well do uh, it. She says, now I understand my parents so much more. Uh, I'm going to watch this flick and then reply to her original podcast post there we go and a short list really for gif of the week that i could find i only really saw cheesy chris peterson and ensign and davies for what it's worth um silver medal goes to chris peterson for uh peter rabbit um the new peter rabbit film which i think starred what's his name uh, oh james donald gleason james Corden. oh and uh, but the gold medal without question i think it made everybody else not try Chandler Bing is the Velveteen Rabbit doing an arm wrestling competition in Friends. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the win. It's just gonna, you can't that's, that that. hits all my like For like you, spots yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is the official GIF of the week rankings. By the way, I don't know if you noticed in the Patreon group chat, <laughs> they've started talking about their own GIF of the week competition, which someone yeah. else will judge. They're starting to get a bit too uh, so, I don't know, self-aware. Self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's becoming <laughs> self-aware. They're taking control. <laughs> Patreon is becoming self-aware. <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. The Patreon is becoming self-aware. Speaking of Patreon, uh, we got some goodies that are going out for the Patreon backers. Uh, if you're at the uh, middle tier or the top tier, yeah. we've got two gifts to send you, actually. Yep. And to be fair, if you wanted to upgrade from the bottom to the middle tier or the top we'll tier, give you both. we will send you, even though they were supposed to be sent out. A couple months ago for one of them, for sure. So um, we'll send you both. So yeah, so I came in, but it looks it looks pretty cool, actually. It does look cool. Uh, one of them is, uh, in, is I'd say character specific, but you know what I mean. Person specific. Personality specific. So Post yeah. specific. Host specific. So I won't, we won't tell you if it's an Ian, Georgia, Ethan, or Liam product. Thing. There we go. But... Uh, Look one for that. of the uh, one of the patrons I'm surprised to occasionally does um, as like a like a quarterly thing sends out top trumps cards of all the different characters they've played 
It's really cool. <laughs> I think if we could somehow make our own custom Top Trump's card for the four of us, that yeah. would be outstanding. Yeah, and you, know, you never know which ones you're going to get. So like, oh, that would be great. Like, yeah, it's really cool. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, we have to look down and see. Kind of like what the sorted boys do with like their rating meters when they do pass it on. Yeah, yeah. Hunger, intelligence, creativity, and then, cleanliness. And the, the one that goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now with a, I've always wanted to be a Pokemon card. With like with like a static card, it won't be able to move. You can if you get holographic ones. We. Uh, yeah. Um, not holographic. <laughs> as the person who still controls like the budget, I would say we're gonna. Hold up on that. I bought the first load of Patreon. I'll gifts. tell you what, I'm really impressed actually with, with, with the goodies that came through. Yeah, they are cool. Um, yeah, um, Sticker Mule. I'm just going to say that. They do good work if you're out there doing stuff. Sticker Mule. Sticker Mule. That's the name of the company. They sent us hot sauce as a bonus. What? Oh, well, that's why you yeah. like them then, clearly. No, they say, like, you get a free thing of hot sauce. I'm like, I don't know how these things tie in together, but I'm all in. Do the label for the hot sauce movie. So I'm like, if they. It was like, if these things work out to be decent, and they were, and the price point wasn't bad, yeah. I'm like, yeah, use that again. Yeah. They know where to hit me. I'm sure they do. That's with their best shot. Uh, so, speaking of hitting with best <laughs> shot, uh, fantasy football. We went two and Ooh. two as the BFE last week. Yeah, I uh, won. Woo! So, yeah. Um, Georgia did win, so we need to definitely uh, acknowledge that. Um, also, Liam won and got off the schneid, as they would say, but he's still in second last place. Yeah, I'm still in ninth. And yeah. who's to the last place? That's you, buddy. Uh, I'm trying. I started. You did, yeah, I saw like, you made Ethan is right. getting better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I spent like 45 minutes today looking through everything. There you go. Georgia yeah. came to me and said, I've been looking at the websites and they're talking about, and she's able to tell me like how the defenses the quarterbacks are playing against have fared the last few weeks. I'm like, you're one step away from listening to a fantasy football <laughs> podcast. <I was> just, <laughs> you're really I was close. Just reading it. Yeah. But like, I would like knew what to like, I was looking I'm at like, Sit wow. and Stardom and it was really funny. Sit and Stardom. Yeah. I was looking at Sit and Stardom and they was looking at Sit and Stardom quarterbacks for week five, which is what we're in. And the three sit-ums, the three start sorry, were my three All three of you are, so you're trying to choose two of three. <laughs> I was only trying to choose two, yeah. and I was like, which two do we um, choose? I'll say- and you said they were ESPN like rated 9, 10, 11, or something like that. Yeah, ESPN well. ranked so were- them 9th, 10th, and 11th in the <laughs> so rankings, so there's, really, like, there's really nothing between them, yeah. Okay. Um, it's just luck at this If point. you ever learn how to really use the waiver wire, like, we're, we're, we're in danger, because you got a pretty good understanding now. <laughs> Yeah. I'm getting there. And I taught I did I did I did I not tweet, teach some of the Patreon how to teach, yeah. how to work the yeah. waiver wire. I don't think they have yet, but I the, the basics. It. Here's who you might get, but as oh, far yeah. as like stra- if you're ever ha- like like how to really manipulate the waiver oh, wire. Yeah, no, I oh. It took I, me if, it took me a while, but no, if you figure that out. Yeah. Jeez. My ninth place might not be so ninth after all. No, I mean <laughs> I think Ellie was a testament to like how quickly someone could pick this up. Ellie did pick she it up really, really picked she it up quickly. It, though, she, she understood she got it. The numbers and like went, okay, I get this. I think she got lucky with, with, with injuries, but she did get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ellie's very good at games, so if Ellie it was very good at games, yeah, if it was a game that was up for grabs, um, she was probably gonna. Well, she was to give it her all. She's very competitive. You know what we could do as a uh, as a maybe patron or maybe just a, a thing for the for the masses at some point. We could have a have a games night and just a, a Zoom games night. I, Ethan and I were looking into something we could do as far as games night. Yeah, yeah. some stuff. Huh? Jackbox yeah, that games. was stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so we're looking yeah. in. So if you're a part of the Patreon, we are looking into that. So uh, we'll definitely give people like a couple of months' notice on something like that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we can yeah. make sure we can all sort of find a time that we can all. Sounds it, good. It would be a Saturday, obviously, because Sundays we kind of record a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Although not for the next three weeks. Not for the next Ooh, three weeks. This is gonna be strange. Liam's already started his vacation today. Five. He's had five <laughs> weeks off. And just for the record, for everybody who's <laughs> listening in the microphone, we will still have content out the next three yeah, weeks. You won't notice. You, you won't, won't notice. notice. We will. Yeah. So yeah. 
I can't believe that one thing that happened on October the 17th. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to be recorded between them. Yeah, so don't expect a whole lot of shout-outs or reflections and corrections in the next three weeks because We've already they're already in the them. can, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, Royal Roundtable, we'll talk about that. Uh, this week, though, on Fantasy Football, really quickly, I'm playing Dwayne Smith, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, just shouting my own name and not his throughout the night as I'm, I'm, I'm a very healthy favorite. Uh, George has got Nate the Great. Yep. I think another similar situation where you're a healthy it was, favorite. See, it was like 65, oh. um, 35, but uh, it's now, oh, it's, it's gone back to 60, 40. Yeah, um, it, I, okay. sh- I should win. I'm a it does bounce back and forth in the early games. Yeah, but yeah. Yes. I never look at my phone for the scores during the uh, recording window. I was giving an up-to-date assessment. Uh, Ethan's got <laughs> Kev. So Ethan's in last place. And yeah. Kev, I was I was close to, I was on, for most of the day, I was beating him, and then he ended up winning in the end. Um, so Kev's still undefeated. Kev is still, so we got best versus, first versus worst. Funny. Thanks. Yeah. To be fair, he's at 80% to win, I'm at 20, but that, there's no surprise. That's got nothing to do with you and everything to do with, um, nothing to do with you and everything to do with, he's just amassed a, a really good team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the, uh, the predictions for the week right now, and you look at the scores beside them, there are three teams right now who are predicting the score over 140 points this week. Mm-hmm. One is Kev. Yep. One is, I want to say Stu. Yep. They're both just over 140. There's someone predicted for just over 150. I'm at 140 now. Acknowledge me. I. I'm at 140. No, no. If I. No, hang on. But I meant before we kicked off. I was. Uh, I was 139. That's not over 140, is it? (sighs) So, um, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say there is, you know, if, if we could just count those and not actually play the games. Oh, I'd win every week. Like, just, just, just let me do that, and I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. Yeah, so I would go. win every week. If I, I have a master. Ha- Ethan's got the opposite problem. Ethan <laughs> needs the games to happen because his roster is not strong. But with the waiver wire, he, Liam does this every year. Liam does assemble a good second half team every year. Yeah, he does. He drafts terribly. He drafted better this he, year. I don't know how he manages to draft so terribly because he, he usually ends up with a good pick, like position. Yeah, it's really hard to do with a bad team. Unless you're Ethan, you're actively just trolling the system. Actively going, putting like worst yeah. lap. First, I guess. I guess so. like Liam and his four quarterbacks and two kickers might be yeah. the reason why. Like you know. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna move on. Um, Are Ethan, we delaying the inevitable right now? I don't think so. Ethan, help me out with this because um, yeah. we want to get on Rotten Tomatoes. That requires a certain number of reviews on Apple Podcasts. Help us out. Leave a review on Apple. Po- Even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, take thirty seconds. I wrote a reference letter for an old colleague this week. Do one for your friends, the BFE. Go on Aww. Apple Podcasts, leave us a quick, pithy little comment and a five star review because I hear that five is a magic number. Five is a magic number. There we go. Carlo, eat your heart out. Um, <laughs> why no, are we now. doing this? Uh, we're doing this because it's the 20 year anniversary of Bowling for Columbine. <sighs> so the pitch is, I guess, I don't have it written down, what is it, but in the wake of the Columbine um, school massacre and other subsequent mass shootings in schools michael moore investigates why gun violence is happening in the united states mm-hmm. at a greater level than other countries i think that's a fair synopsis of the film yeah. yeah okay let me start with this then we fully acknowledge to our american listeners that we are on the outside looking in yeah we fully acknowledge that I will also acknowledge, and, and, and I will try to articulate at the start in a few a couple of minutes here, um, the various types of uh, documentary 
and how some of them are more objective and some of them are more subjective. Some of them come in with a, with a predetermined thesis they're trying to prove. Yeah. We'll talk about that. I'm going to share some stories about myself living in the States for the, for the year when I was there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to realize if you're from the States, your normal is to have these guns around as part of culture. Yeah. For my experience as a Canadian, also from my experience as someone living in the UK, Georgia, the same idea, living up in the UK. Yeah. Ethan, I imagine New Zealand's pretty similar to, to what we got going on here, if not more restrictive. Yeah, well, our gun laws changed in 2019 after our mass shooting, so okay. yeah. So we come from a place where not having guns is the norm. I say just as a as a precursor, and I did just look this up because I couldn't remember one in my lifetime when I was right. The last school shooting in the UK, D- Dunfermline, Dunfer, yeah, uh, Dunblane in sorry, Scotland, Dunblane, that's right, was in 1996. Yeah, so there and was not the next been day, one in my life. The next yet. day, they like held like, a, okay, what do we have to do about the guns? Yeah, and there now, hasn't been nothing since. So that is where I'm coming. That's from. That's what with. normal is. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to try and stay away from words like what's better or what's worse because we're watching a documentary. Yeah, that has mm-hmm. to do with large debates that are still going on to this day, and. Uh, I'm here to talk about my perspective, my opinion, but I'm not here to, um, I'm not, it, it, it's a decision everybody, I guess, if you live in the States, it's a decision everybody has to make. Yeah. And it's a decision that your elected officials have to make. Mm-hmm. I don't have the power to make the decision for anybody. I don't have the decision to, or the power to change an elected official's mind in the United States. But I think what you'll hear from us is just from an outsider's perspective, what that viewpoint is. Because yeah. what happens there, what happens here, what happens in the places, it is part of sort of an ongoing global conversation about these ideas. So it's not us trying to go from the outside in and telling you guys how to live your lives, but it's us trying to go, we don't understand. And maybe we can explain some of what we don't understand. Yeah. And then maybe it helps you understand the sort of our thought process a bit. And we're going to try and be very, we're definitely going to keep this respectful. That, 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 that's the point. But it's, it's hard because it's sensitive sort of materials yeah. that, we're, that we're talking it's about sensitive in like material and the topic but also because our baselines our our normals are so far yeah. apart it will be it will be and strange yeah ethan you know ethan's attending a cambridge university <laughs> but i say this because you're involved in full-time education yeah georgia works in a school yeah and i work in a school and that's been established. And a large part of this is also to do, do of schooling and, and the role of a teacher in situations like this has been hotly debated over the last 18 months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about do you arm teachers? Yeah. And so we can talk about that. But we're going to start with the documentary. We're going to talk about sort of the construction that Michael Moore does, and we can move on from that. Because really, I want to do Bowling for Columbine, because to me, it's the birth of the modern um, documentary age. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of a certain documentarian that I think we in the UK all watch. Is this Louis Theroux? Yeah, I was getting Louis Theroux's very British take on Michael Moore. Yeah, I was going to say this is like the American Louis Theroux. I think. Yeah. So you've got that, and then we've also got um, Supersize Me. I think was was another one. Oh, yeah. Around this time, and so they both have a certain. When I go through the types of documentary, they share sort of a category, so it sort of shows to be in the public eye, what sort of documentaries have to take place. 
And so we'll talk about this in a second. So, uh, Bowling for Columbine is a 2002 documentary film produced, written, directed, narrated by Michael Moore. The screenplay actually won a Writers Guild of America or was nominated for I'm Best not, Screenplay. I am not surprised by that. It, the idea about how much of this would have been written ahead of time, it's yeah. really, really interesting. The film exposed, explores what Moore suggested the primary causes for the Columbine High School Massacre in 1999 and other acts of gun violence. He focuses on the background and the environment in which the massacre took place and some common public opinions and assumptions about related issues. The film also looks into the nature of violence in the U.S. and American violence abroad. And the last note I have is that the first rough cut of the film ran six hours long. Wow. And keep in mind, this is dense. Like a documentary is dense. It's a full two hours. I looked over at one point, it must be about halfway done. It was 26 minutes in. (laughs) And I was like, wow. Uh, So I'm going to talk at first about types of documentary. Because when we hear documentary, I think we assume objectivity. And it's not. This is, yeah. So the first one, and the one that we're most thinking about is what we call observational documentary. And that's kind of like a fly. Like a wildlife documentary. Not so much. Not so much. It's like a fly on the wall. So I set a camera up and without any cuts, I just let something happen. Like a wildlife documentary. It could be a wildlife or it could be, I've mm-hmm. seen an observational one where they were looking at Japanese women training to be pro wrestlers. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just doing okay. it as, using that as an example of what would be objective because you can't, you can't give animals a narrative. Well, yeah, you can. Well, you can, but not. Attenborough's easily. done it for decades. So yeah. the minute you have Attenborough going, the Chilean monkey comes out of its nest <laughs> looking for its mother. And then we hear, and then the predator comes over. I don't know what eats a monkey. The jackal. <laughs> I'm creating my own. My own <laughs> it's like, what eco space are you making? <laughs> and then, of course, it gets like really. And he starts to whisper. As he gets forward, because all that's do, designed to do is is direct my emotional response. Mm. So that's not observational. Observational is we literally just put a camera because everything like camera close ups or making yes. cuts, all these things can can manipulate your response. Right. So I leave one shot, and you just let everything play out. Okay. And then you cut to the next scene, and you let everything play out. So no talking heads, which okay. is do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So observational is just you look at it and you draw your own conclusion because we're not telling you how to think or feel. Uh, okay, so I, so yeah, I, I, I thought you meant that it, you still was able to make you feel something, but not necessarily make, like, be biased towards something else. Nope. So, but the difference, say, like, say the difference between David Attenborough doing his like the regular kind of thing, and then like Blue Planet, which was obviously skewed. Now, some of them towards... do kind of overlap with various elements because Blue Planet kind of goes mostly observational with elements of what I'm going to call expository documentary, <laughs> which is a bit of you get that voice of God narration of someone who's not involved in the you never see them on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have a bias, but they'll explain to you what's occurring. So this is Attenborough doing all his stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and then what's the one that he did that was very like, this is what you should be doing because we're killing. Okay. So, and that's like talking head sort of stuff where you do actually have people responding. So there was a great one done by a Sif. Oh, I don't want his name wrong, but I think it's like Kapani or Kaspari who did the one on Amy Winehouse. Right. Um, and there's a lot of talking heads, but it's, we don't see their faces. You just get the voiceovers of people who knew her and then archival talking heads from like, previous interviews they'd done uh then you have one called uh participatory documentary and this receive a documentarian asking the questions so that's kind of what this is then this goes a step further but you're on you're on the right path where they become uh our surrogate and their reactions shape our reactions so probably with attenborough and making his speech there's a little bit of this yeah of what you're talking about 
And the last one's performative documentary. And this is where it's more than just a documentarian. He almost becomes a character in the narrative. Using the Mm. documentary style to put over a way of thinking he becomes an active participant more than just on the documentarian but also becomes a character in his own work now we see this where michael moore goes back to his hometown yeah he talks about things in his own town and it's people who he knows and what his experiences and thoughts are and it becomes almost like he's our well-educated buddy walking us through and you kind of see moments that usually if it was just like a a, what's the one before performative yeah uh no participatory yeah, so if it was just participatory, you'd probably have cut before the bits of the performative one. So like when he's like giving what, someone a hug and those sorts of things. That and when he agitates as yeah, well. So yeah. like when mm. so that is that what kind of would yep. be the mark. Okay. So that's kind of now they do overlap. There's another one where it's like if you have a, if you have a documentary about filmmaking, that's called reflexive, but we're not gonna tackle that. That makes sense. We yeah. might do man with a movie camera one day, but you and Liam will hate it because there's no dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. Soviet montage. I'm okay. I'm well up for this. It'll be our. Okay it'll be our that. least downloaded Liam episode will, ever. Liam will hate it. Because I don't even know how you cover it, but it's a really interesting. It, I teach it. Oh, it's really good. Okay. Um, let's take a look here. Uh, so we start off with April 20th, 1999, and we have the voice of Michael Moore, and we get told the president bombed, and it was just another day in America. The president bombed another country whose name we couldn't pronounce. And two boys went bowling at 6 a.m in the morning and then um as, it, as opposed to that am in the uh, afternoon yep that's true yeah and then we go to the bank sequence and it's this idea that michael moore signed it up for a bank account and this is the thing that i saw i've seen this film once mm-hmm. have you ever you haven't seen it before no, no. ethan you ever see it uh first time i've just known who michael if you moore got is. a trucker hat and like untucked like your shirt with those big old glasses you could totally do like a michael moore for halloween <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just let me like uh just let like let the, it grow the, out she yeah. can grow a little bit oh yeah <laughs> i just saw it that way you totally could i love that you you're know not what, even film referring school. to it as a a beard it's just cheek hair yeah, yeah. well he's, 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 he's already got like the mustache he's because he's, he's got a van dyke doesn't he no, I can't yeah. see him at the moment. Oh, he looks like Francis Drake. Him. He's like a little pirate sort of thing. Okay, well, he was Film school is literally just people who either look like Michael Moore, try and look like Tarantino, <laughs> or some w- one guy who's like as chiseled as, um, oh God, who who is um, um, tri- the Michael Bay? And you don't know why they're there. Um, so he found there's this bank that gives you like uh, a free gun if you open an account. Now, free stuff is nothing unusual. No incentives. Like to in open Canada, here. I get emails all the time. This is your last chance to get an iPad if you open an account with us. I'm like, yeah, I bought an iPad. I played with it for two weeks, and I was like, Yeah, I got a phone. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I got a uh, a three year student rail card when I opened my student account with Santander. So this place oh, will give you yeah. guns, and it turns out the bank. This is like the like i live in the states for a year and i thought i saw some wacky stuff the bank is a licensed firearm dealer was not something i was expecting sorry sorry (laughs) it's so far removed from what we would expect you can't even like there's signs on our bank doors like you can't even wear a hood or a hat in a bank like (laughs) sorry i i'm really i'm I'm going to be up front and say sorry because that just came out because yeah. to me that is so bizarre. That's, that's, We're that's what people will take our pens so we chain them, but you can buy a gun. Huh? Yeah. No, not, no, not buy. You can be given. Oh, yeah, you can be given, given a free gun. gun. Our pen, the, in the banks, the pens are chained to the desk so you can't steal the pen. I think that's true in America. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get the process of the, of the background check and it seems. Vi- I mean, there's the thing. He edits. Yeah. He gives us sound bites. He gives us the, and remember, it's nominated for best screenplay. So he's got the lines all ready to go. And he's purposely playing dumb. 
Yeah. I think he is. Oh, yeah, oh I never know like, how to spell Caucasian. I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you do. You're he's a clever man, Michael Morris. Yeah, because mm. he's about he's about to spin a narrative as well about yep. um, race as well. And so he gets the uh the so background check. It looks like it's the same day. Now we don't know because he's wearing the same clothes. So we assume it's literally minutes later because we just do an ellipsis cut and now he's getting the gun. And he gets the gun and he's like, oh, and he's using all these words, oh, it's sweet. And the guy giving him the guns, this young guy with a bake is, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I got one of them at home too. He goes, oh, yeah, this will be great. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. And he's like holding it up. Oh, he's holding it up. Like he's he's like yeah, moving it around. Moving around. Oh, and, and the guy with the, is no issues. And he just goes, let me just ask you a question. Do you think it's a little dangerous handing out guns in a bank? And we go right into the, the, the title sequence. Brilliant. Very Brilliant. clever. Mm. Very well edited, this film yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Michael Moore's persona in the film I have? Because he's, he's, he's got a persona, and he sort of plays the bumbling idiot or the guy who enables your viewpoint until he pivots. Yeah. I really it's like... so clever. I really like the Michael Moore persona. I know lots of people don't. He's I, um, your character from Twelfth Night. Is he fast day? You think so? Yeah, he's, he's totally <laughs> yeah, fast day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is definitely <laughs> elements of that. You think Playing he's like a goofy fool, little yeah. guy, yeah. I gotta talk to you, Ethan. I'm looking about doing some more Shakespeare. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but yeah, no, uh, what, what do you think, George? You had experienced it before. Yeah, no, I I think he's, it's incredibly clever. I think it's very, very well done. I mean, the bits where he purposely agitates, I got a bit uncomfortable because I don't like, as we yep. have well discovered, I don't like conflict. But because he does it so well and because he goads people into thinking he's an idiot, that's the only way he got into that guy's house is because yep. he thought he was just bumbling and part of his cult or whatever it is that they run like yeah yeah we'll talk about him in a minute yeah it's it's just, he's very clever very very clever uh this clever guy then switches to a toy gun commercial and it made me think my mom wouldn't let me have a toy gun i always no. wanted water pistols and stuff like that and mom was very big on no no you're not you're not having that water pistols, and this was yes. before toy guns no like i was growing up before dumbling mm. but mom was still no no don't, don't need guns no water pistols are with are okay because water pistols never well at least here don't actually look like guns they look they're like big round type like and blue or bright orange or those sorts of things they don't necessarily look like a gun but that's after true yeah, yeah no, you're living after yeah. the fact i live yeah. after, i do i live after the fact i mean working in a preschool even we tell when i was at one like they'd get like little cubes and they'd make they make gun-shaped things and yeah. we like i've seen stage guns where they've been carved out of wood but then painted up and then afterwards they had to destroy them or things like that yeah. because um, been, i have been in a show with one real gun but it had to be fully licensed it was locked away yeah. like it's, it literally just mm. had flashbangs in it like it, it it's yeah well even now and like for the cosplay community because a lot of a lot of fictional characters have different types of guns you need to put a very bright orange, bright orange tip, tip on it but yeah. it's, it yeah. still looks like it still looks like a gun which is why Star Wars people are fine because they all look like like very clear blasters. I had a, uh, a letter in my pigeonhole one day when I was working at the um, a previous school from the local county council. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was a media teacher, it was, we were all being informed to tell our classes that if they're going to shoot with um, replica guns, yeah. uh, to please keep consider other people might be around because there were far too many reports they were getting. People drive around slowly, like pointing guns out windows and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're just making a film. It's like, yes, but you're scaring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there we go. Um, Michael Moore shows his first gun in some home videos. And I think this is important because this is right at the start of the film. Yeah. 
So he's building an, 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 an allegiance. We, we're already aligned to his viewpoint. Yeah. But when you show me little Michael Moore holding the gun, I'm going, oh, it's little um. Michael Moore holding the gun. <laughs> and uh, and it makes me go, though, I like Michael Moore. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. he at one point was big on guns. This is obviously going to go the other direction, I think. Mm-hmm. So if Michael Moore can change, Anyone much can like change. Ebenezer Scrooge, anybody can change. <laughs> uh, even the idea that he won a marksmanship award. You know, when he was yeah, a kid, he was so that he good was of a shot. Yeah. A good shot, yeah. So, and then we get a throw in to Charlton Heston because he's on the screen with some sort of gun. You know, he, everybody's a gun. And then we have this bit with the dog with the gun. Yeah. And it was a, and he's playing it to the cop, and the cop's like, "Yeah, it's pretty funny." He goes, "Yeah, do you guys ever think about charging the the dog?" And at first, you're like, "Michael Moore, you're being stupid." But what he's trying to get across is the idea of it. No, you can't charge. You can't charge a dog, but yet here, even in the most ridiculous of circumstances, someone got hurt. Yeah. And why? Because yeah. it was a gun. Because it was a gun. Because it was a gun. And the cop just goes, yeah, we thought it was pretty cute. And the the, the, the way that Moore knows how, when to get out of a scene as well. Yeah. Like, that's the last bit, and then we go. And then we just see Michael Moore getting a haircut. <laughs> and, like, you get free ammo with your haircut, or you, like, can buy ammo yeah. with this. It's like... It's like a Grand Theft Auto type he, thing. Yes. <laughs> He really carefully thought, what are the best places to go to uh, to sort of demonstrate the ease of access for these yeah. things? Yeah, very true. I don't know why we're having the discussion. Have you ever shot a gun? Yes. What sort of gun have you shot? Handgun. Yeah. Um, this was when I was living in Phoenix. It's a great story. I'm, I'm glad you asked. I was hoping I was remember to bring this up. No, sorry. So I had a buddy. Uh, his name is Chris. Um, Chris was a year. Uh, I did some motivational speaking. Chris had already been there for a year. I was a year below. So Chris sort of took some of us under his wing a bit. Chris was a lovely guy. Lovely guy from Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, a, 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 the words really hard to get out of my mouth, a collection of handguns. And he brought them in one day and we went off to, I don't even know where we went. It was somewhere rural. And uh, he let us shoot the gun, and he's like careful of the, of the recoil. And it was he- so all the things you hear me was it's heavier than I thought it yeah. would be, and it had a severe kickback to it. I remember I think I shot once. I would probably dislocate my shoulder if I tried to use a handgun. <laughs> I remember thinking this is seductive, but I shot it once and went, I don't want to shoot it again. Yeah, not because because I was like I don't a because it's so foreign to me. Like we're not going to have these things. Yeah. So despite what's going to happen later when they talk about guns in Canada and yada yada yada. There's not a whole lot of handguns in Canada, okay. mm. and although I think that's getting, although I think it's moving the other direction right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. This is very much a timestamp, which not everything he says is yeah, is, yeah, is that yeah, true anymore, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, so so I have fired a gun. Anybody else? Uh, air rifle. Okay, so which is our least restricted gun in the UK yep. because it's literally like cartridge oh. at a time type thing. And I but. feel we should say like we have we have friends. Mm-hmm. Within our, our collective circle of friends, mm-hmm. Ethan, who have guns. Enjoy hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy I, hunting. I will go to a gun range and shoot a gun there. And when yeah. they went on vacation to the States, a big part of it was I want to go to gun ranges and shoot Berettas and handguns and all these things. Yeah. I mean, I the reason I've shot an air rifle is because my dad had one. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he had a, obviously he, you have to have your licensing and stuff for it, but like, Air rifles now, I believe, legislation basically says if you are over 18, you can have an air rifle. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the the loading a rifle is not easy. Like, you have to click it back, yep. put all these things in, like, and it takes time. But um, our, So they're not even... 
our mutual friend though is one that I've had these are he's kind of been the American and yeah. again I don't want to classify all Americans as being people who love guns many people don't yeah. but that mm. stereotype where you think there's more people who like guns in America than don't yeah. he's on the opposite side of it here he's the minority and why are you yeah. just passionately about why you should have a gun mm-hmm. I still don't get it <laughs> I'm like let's just admit it you like your toy yeah. I think over yeah, over here they are toys. They are things that you play with. It is more of a sport. I think he is willing to more it's more of a hobby and a pastime. Yeah. This notion of I have to protect my family is that, not part of the narrative here. It really no. isn't, no. no. Um so then we go to the Chris Rock segment, and I've always remembered oh. this. This is one of the greatest bits, I think, in stand up. I think he says, We don't need gun control, we need bullet control. If we made bullets $5,000 a bullet, no more innocent bystanders. Because people would be like, I would shoot you if I could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know also, if someone's been shot that they must have done something wrong. Did anybody else think it was weird to see Chris Rock without Will Smith slapping him? It was weird to see Chris Rock with like, oh, that was a, I don't know, such little hair. That was a very shiny coat he was wearing yeah. on stage. <laughs> and then we go from that to the Michigan Militia. And we're told that two members of the Michigan militia previously blew up the Oklahoma City building. One of them is Timothy McVeigh. I remember the day the Oklahoma City bombing happened. Okay. It was a thing. Yeah. And I remember Timothy McVeigh. I didn't remember the other guy's name. I remember they put Timothy McVeigh to death for it. Uh, I didn't know about Terry Nichols. His name I was not familiar with. Yeah. But then um, as they're sitting there, he's hanging out with the Michigan militia. And these three look like three or four of the strangest fellows you've ever seen. Yeah. And he asks them the right questions to get them to boast. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like Inspector Ghoul. He just lets them, like, what do I have to tell you to get you is, to hang yourself? Yeah, he is very clever. And so he goes, oh, and you guys are just, you're just protecting the area. protecting the area. You're reasonable people. We're reasonable people. It's great. And he goes, tell me about your jobs. <laughs> and the one guy's unemployed now. And <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we leave a shooty shooty to when you have a job. Let's use this time to focus on getting you some income, (laughs) shall we? Um, And the one guy's got like a white collar job. Is like I didn't catch exactly what it was. I think it was like it was like something to do with tax. Oh no, it's real estate. Real est- oh yeah, real estate agent. Real estate. Um. 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 Oh, he like guessed. I think he was an estimator. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So he goes, yeah, you don't take this with you to work, though. He goes, no, no, I don't. And then he's like, you know, talks about their jobs, talks about how many guns they have at home. And one guy's got like, uh, I think he was a semi-automatic is what he had at home. Yeah. And they're like, you need that? He goes, yeah. He said, but you can't really aim. He said, oh, I'll know what I'm shooting at. And I'm like, <laughs> this is nuts. And then we cut to Militia Babes Magazine, a fundraiser or calendar, sorry. And <laughs> nothing against it because, you know, um, a lot you know, of groups, do, a lot of groups do it. Yeah. Military wives, um, calendar girls. We got some friends in a production of calendar girls. And that's about a bunch of ladies in their sort of autumn years. Yeah. Posing nude in a calendar in order to rediscover their femininity, youth, yeah. all that stuff. So. But but it was the idea of this like mix of like very low, um, very low production value calendar shoot with like <laughs> guns mixed with sexuality. Mm-hmm. It was a little weird. Um, and they say uh, and they say and you're not racist. No, we're not racist. We're just <laughs> concerned citizens. And then like I tell you, he knew how to edit this because now we're gonna meet Jamie Nichols. Sorry, James Nichols, the brother of Terry Nichols. He's one of the he's the brother of one of the guys mentioned earlier in the Oklahoma City bombing, but they couldn't get the goods on him, so they had to cut him loose. 
But they needed to watch this because he practically admits to being involved in it. I'll tell you what, mm. I got more on this. Oh, so uh, they cut him loose. Uh, his brother Terry had life in prison. Timothy McVeigh, of course, was executed. And they asked James about Timothy McVeigh. He goes, oh, yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Completely oblivious to like what the guy did. No self-awareness. I'm like, why are you doing this yeah, interview? Yeah, here for three months. And this yeah. reminded me, Ethan, I'm curious about your take on this. Were you with us when we did the big short? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that bit where I was like, uh, I was like Steve Carell's character for a moment, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, why is he confessing? And it's like my this little version of me popped up in my ear, and they went, "He's not confessing; he's boasting. He's bragging. He's yeah. bragging." Because- I was going to say, like the methodology. I can't. Believe, I was. I. I, my, I always say the same about Louis Theroux. Um, it's like Borat because Sasha Baron Cohen has like this methodology of just getting people to confess, and he'd be like, "I get them so comfortable." It's like, "Oh yeah, black people bad, right?" Like, yeah, I hate black people. This, like, it's like the same kind of thing. I was bring this up because um, Borat is kind of like you take a participatory, um, or a was it participatory? No, it was the other Performative. one. Performative. Performative. Yeah. Thing, and you I go and, and and you and you go to the extreme. Yeah. By making yeah. it fictional. Yeah. Because now you're 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 not you anymore. You're truly a character. Now he's try, Sasha Baron Cohen's trying to do something with it. There's documentary elements to it. I've not seen it. Mm. Oh, so Borat. It's just Sasha Baron Cohen it, but... adopting a character Borat, who's p- 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 yeah, posing as a documentarian. Right. But the people who he's opposite have no idea they're in a narrative, so their reactions are legitimate. But he's playing a character. Right. Okay. So, like every person who did you ever see any of like the Ali G show where he's like in character, and the people who's interviewing him don't know that he's in character. I know. What, no, I know the concept. Okay. Yeah. So it's like that, but like long form documentary. Okay. So everybody thinks he's being legitimate. And he's not, but he's still trying to expose something. So yeah. it really blurs the that lines is, between really interesting concept. between art mm-hmm. and, and documentary. Yeah. Um, and so he's kind of going, you know, hey, we're all right. Yeah. And he's, he's sort of like somewhat level-headed outside. Mm-hmm. And then we smash cut to him inside of this kitchen table going out. The FBI were quaking in their boots when they came around my place. Yeah. They thought and they were the going to. so stale, too. They thought they were going to another Waco. Now, do you guys know what Waco is? No. Waco is a city in Texas, very close to the Mexican border, where a guy called David Koresh, if I'm remembering correctly, had like a little like um, cult, mm. and oh. they were like armed to the teeth. Right, like they did like a stakeout for like eleven days or something like this. Jesus, I don't know if someone wants to look up Waco and see W A. It's like taco with a W. Oh, Waco. Yeah. See, I thought at first that he was trying to refer they, to like a wake, like a, no, like no, a funeral. No, no, yeah. no. And they definitely don't want you to call it Waco. <laughs> for obvious reasons <laughs> but no i just put it in it's come up with the world association of kickboxing organizations no, w-a-c-o like oh. taco taco's not t-a-k-o yes yeah, sorry you did say that i did say that sorry <laughs> so you know all that there's a mistake i think wake up siege is probably yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so he starts with that. He says, all because some people, like, like my ex-wife. <laughs> Start, I'm like, like, random people, what, like the woman who was, like, married to you. Yeah, that's, a, that's someone who doesn't know you very well. Starts calling you a radical before talking about how the masses, and then he starts going, like, the ma- if the masses knew how they were being enslaved, there would be blood running in the streets. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why people thought you were a, you were a radical <laughs> with conversation like that. Uh, do we have any update on the Waco siege? How long it lasted? Uh, uh, if it's a no, I can just keep going. February 28th and April 19th. Oh, so like a month? 
Bloody hell. 20. That's no, no that's February, like, March, that's 31. Yeah. That's like 45 yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. 51 days. 51 days. There we are. So, yeah, like that's what, because they were so well armed and had provisions. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so, um, then we cut to, uh, Oscoda, Michigan, where Eric Harris from the Columbine shooting, uh, lived on the Air Force base where his dad flew planes in the Gulf War. Something they really wanted to go with a narrative here is that America's bombing and militarization and weaponry and, and interference from a military perspective overseas has links to America's youth using guns on each other. Mm-hmm. This was my first uh, thing that I knew about Michael Moore because there's that speech he gave at the Oscars where yeah, yeah. every, like, lib- even liberal Hollywood were like, how dare you? We need to do these bombings. Oh, that was my first experience of Michael Moore. <laughs> I got a story about that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the talking head, um, this guy they have, he said, yeah, yeah, I didn't really know him. He, the guy left after I showed up. He said, oh, so how would your school go? Well, I got expelled. Eventually find out, yeah, it's for pulling a gun on a classmate. Yep. I don't know. I got a suspended for 380 days or 165 days, whatever a school year is. I just like to point out to this young man, there's only 365 days in a calendar year. year. Yeah. So I don't think your school year is going to be 380 days. Well, that's because he lost that. <laughs> he, he missed that lesson. And there's this other yeah. guy, and he starts off like he's the normal one, and then he drops, I was number two or three on a bomb <laughs> list. And he goes, yeah, but why are you number two, number three? Well, you know, it's just so bad for youth here. And he goes, yes, but why, why you? you? He goes, well, you know, there's just nothing that, no, but why you? And then he goes, <laughs> all right, you want to know? And then he admits, <laughs> here's the anarchist cookbook. And he goes, oh, so just for having the book. He goes, just for having the book. Someone goes, so you've never made bombs. No, I've never. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I've made bombs. He goes, what? Like, <laughs> well, it's like small like little tennis ball bombs. You're like, oh, okay, I guess. And then, like, obviously there's a small cut. And he goes, you want to know the most recent thing I made? Is five gallons of homemade napalm. What is napalm? Napalm is is like liquid fire. Okay. It's the thing. It's that, the stuff like, they drop they, in Vietnam yeah. to like burn villages to the ground. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 bad. Yeah. yeah. The anarchist cookbook, like like now, if you look it up, if you like down, you are you get put on a list. Oh, for sure. Like that's how bad it is. Like, now, even then, like, probably worse. Speaking of getting put on a list, let's go back to James Nichols. Because he admits that it was wrong to take the lives of the people in uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. But he goes, you know, whoever did it. It's like, no, no. no They killed Timothy McVeigh and put your brother in jail for life. There's no, there's no, did we get the right guy? It just might be, did we get all three of them? Might be the real question. And then he goes, I love this, you know. It's easy in 20 years hindsight to look back and laugh at the guy a bit, but you know, yeah. the guy could have his, his, his thumbprints on some pretty severe stuff. Mm. But as a quote, this is still pretty funny. The pen is mightier than the sword, but you must always keep a sword handy for when the pen fails. Yep. And then he, and then he went missing a beat. He goes, I sleep with a 44 Magnum under my pillow. And Moore's, and he's great. He's like, you're not really. Yeah. You don't really. You're just making this up for the camera, aren't yeah. you? And he goes, would you show me? And he goes, okay, the camera's got to stay there. And he goes, okay. And so the camera stays outside, but you can see a, lo- a shot from inside the doorway yeah. of more, but, but the guy's being hidden. And then we get a, a Chiron that tells us that he's cocked the gun and is holding it to, to his, his head. head. And you can mm-hmm. hear more going, don't do that. Yep. Don't do And he's not going, don't hold the gun to your head. Like, it's, no, you know, yeah. it's still organic. And uh, he's like, Arr. and then he asks, should there be, okay, so. Why should you have the right to these things? Why should you have the right to, you know, a loaded weapon on your pillow? He goes, well, because I got the right to do it. We should have the right to protect ourselves. He goes, so 
but arms. He goes, yeah, arms, like a weapon. And he goes, so what about, like, weapons-grade plutonium? He goes, well... He goes, you don't think we should have that? He goes, oh, there's got to be some restrictions. Oh, okay, so there is a line somewhere. About a dose of irony, he looks him in the eye and goes, well, there's some real wackos out there. <laughs> My favorite was like, what about a spear? Wow. Um, Wait, no, that's later, isn't that's it? That's later. Yeah. The segment where they interviewed James Nichols included even more footage that was left on the cutting room floor. In the footage, Nichols brings up he was in Littleton on the day of the shootings, and he even said the shooters did not do a very good job at killing people. What? Oh the clip gosh. was left in for test audiences, but the audiences claimed the clip seemed too unbelievable, and therefore, I'm guessing, contrived. Yeah. So despite Michael Moore and his team loving the clip, they had to take it out of the film because they felt it weakened the movie because it made people go, no, too much. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> and then we get a Beatles track. And I love me some Beatles. They were on my f- festival. Mm. Happiness mm. is a warm gun. And this is more of a montage, just gun culture, but including that Virgin Utah has passed a law requiring all residents to own. Imagine being told you had to own a gun. That made my jaw my drop. I, made I, my drawer drop. I would get, <laughs> I'd get at the, the time. You know one of those like two inch tall water pistols? I would be like, there it is. I would. Um, I, no, I wouldn't live there. I would if, do like yeah. that episode of Family Guy where I declared my house its own sovereign nation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be like, no, I'm no longer part of the Virgin Utah. I am now um, sexually active Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder what you. I knew you were making that I joke. That was but going I know where you were going with it. I just wanted to make sure they knew that uh, <laughs> I had discharged my weapon. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> Tell me it doesn't work. I just combined no, the two it things. Oh, it's, it's, it's perfect. There we go. The word discharge. In whatever, whatever circumstance. I guess I could have said fired. I guess it's just not a nice word. Yeah. But discharge worked nicer for the part I was trying to make. Just don't fire blanks. No. Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I guess in a matter of like everybody should be equal, I understand from a hypothetical or ideological standpoint, but you're going to have to sell it to me why a blind guy ever needs a gun. Yep. Also, I wanted to know like how the financials of that works. Do you have to go and buy the gun or are you given the gun by by like the state? That's my, my big, that was my big and thing. And what is the, what is the like? What is the minimum requirement? Yeah, yeah and, and what is the issue if you don't have one? Like can, I have, can, can I have a gun and no ammo? Yeah. Every person wakes up Can the I have same a gun and Christmas? remove the trigger? Yeah. Or the firing mechanism? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I've got a gun. I've got a gun. Yeah. Can I just have, can I have a what gun? What constitutes a gun? If a gun doesn't work, is it still a gun? What, if a mm. gun doesn't fire bullets, is it still a gun? Yeah. Can I just have a Nerf gun that fires foam bullets? Is it still a gun? I think you're going to lose that one. It's a gun. <laughs> well, a toy car isn't a car. No, because it doesn't have the mechanics, but a Nerf gun ha- still has mechanics in it that makes it fire things. Okay. No, 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 just okay me, because I'm actually right. <laughs> no, no, you have an argument to make. I just think that, I think some of ours would be kind of, okay, you've got a, maybe you've got a point, and you can with like the Nerf gun, and go, well, there's clearly no reason here. Well, no, but it has, it has a pullback, it has a trigger, it has a release, it actually fires something. That's more of a gun than a toy car is a car. You put one of those plastic bullets that you can sometimes get, oh, that's going to kill someone. A BB Not gun. kill them, maybe hurt them. I had cap paintball gun. Oh, that's fine. I'd have a paintball gun. I had cap guns when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Back to toys. I had a potato gun. You could go to the dollar store and you could buy a cap gun, and they were just great for just pulling a trigger and going bang. Yeah. And like smoke for it, like it would like it wouldn't say bang like like a human voice said bang. It would actually go bang. Yeah, but it was really loud. The onomatopoeic representation of the word bang. Peak. That's the last. Oh, hang on, hang on. Okay. 
<laughs> the audience, the listeners didn't see that, but the like the eyebrow raise inside. I saw Ian give George. You didn't see what I gave back, mate. So. Uh, there we go. What do we got here? Uh, so, and then there's some real shots of people being gunned down, and that kind of brings me. So, I mean, that was yeah. a difficult tone in this film because there's moments of legitimate like mirth. Yep. It's a word I don't think I've ever used in the podcast, Good but word. I think it works here. But then, like, some crushing real life stuff. Yep. And we get, like, this great, like, the worst happy music ever. It's a great place to raise your kids. And we get, like, the, the Littleton promo video they send out to businesses to, like, invest yeah. in the town. And this guy going, like, Have you ever seen, like, the video in the office? where saber buys out dunder mifflin and like christian slater's like hi i'm christian slater so your company's been bought out by saber well it's kind of like that but the acting's far worse and he's like hey boss yeah i'm phoning from littleton colorado and he takes off a ski jacket we won't need these anymore because where we are is about the same amount of sunshine as southern california sunshine is one thing temperature is something else are you suggesting the same thing are you suggesting the same thing? I don't know if it is no, the I same know. thing. That's not a big claim to make if it's not true. But it's the actual video, which what, is amazing. What have we learned? That people lie in media. Yes, but I think... Well, I don't know. This isn't a documentary. He, they were making a promo video, so maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's basically the idea that Littleton's not a whole lot different from other suburban communities. So that's what makes it so scary, is that it could happen there. It could happen anywhere. And uh, Michael Moore's being shown around. He gets told, hey, it's just your average suburban middle-class home. Now, Americans, I'm curious about some of the stuff we saw here. Mm. So get in contact because this is something I went, what? Because there's like a cage on the house. Yeah. Middle-class home. Yeah. Middle-class. Uh, the, the, the realtor says, well, you know, it's a nice middle-class area. It's a normal place. And then he have no reason. He goes, the burglar and rapist is still here somewhere. Yeah, and you're like, and Moore's like, like what? Can you point him out? Or is well, you at a point? Like, where are they? He goes, well, and this is where he makes the spear joke. Look, you can't get a knife through here, can you? Ha yeah. ha ha! There's a safe room. Yep. With a wall, it's like, see, added feature. I'm like, uh, this scares me. There's a big old door. Axe could mm. get through you. Axe could get through. Yeah. When we were, when I was, when my mom and I were looking for our new house, on, I don't think there was see, a single yes. apartment. Was there like a cage to stop knives from getting through? Yeah, I was like, do we have a panic room? Yes. Do we have this? Do we? It was like, sometimes the wheelie bins come by a bit fast, but no, it's all right. And so they ask about like his Littleton change things in the wake of the shooting. It changed the way we talk. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, now when someone says Columbine and he breaks down. Mm. And I didn't know what to do with this. He's a guy in the community. Yeah. He's a guy in the community. Yeah. But maybe it's this thing where you go, this is where I am, and normal has changed drastically. And then we cut to Lockheed Martin, the country's largest weapon maker, happens to be in Littleton. And this is this is a link that Michael Moore is trying to make. I'm not sure how much I buy into this one. That okay. Littleton is somehow the, the location of the shooting because of the weapons plant. No, it, I mean, it might mean that the like the the supermarket the kmart or whatever it is is better stocked because it's close by and they're representing like local i don't know businesses but i don't think it makes a but it's there difference. i mean i guess if it's yeah. there i probably draw attention to it mm. you're um, aware of guns more i, I guess because more more people could be working so influence more i don't know it's, yeah, i guess it's like kind of thing weaponry is normalized more of an yeah it's like here in norfolk i guess like it was it was a lot of oh farmers do a lot of farm work and 
military works we have a lot yeah, of RAF bases a, i guess like if one of our kids came into school and like threw potatoes at another kid <laughs> i guess it wouldn't it would be sugar beet we live in north okay, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> or in pe- the summer it'll be weed or like pork yeah we you know what i mean so much new pork markets in beijing Pork, sugar, and Yes, thank you for the Liz Trust moment there. I picked, <laughs> I picked up on it. Uh, I, I could find the exit to that joke. Uh, <laughs> these are very niche for the UK audience. I'm sorry, Liz, folks. Liz Trust is an alien in a human body. That yes. is trying not to be she's got that, someone pointed out she got the same laugh as the devil and i'm like i heard it and i'm like yes she does yes she I does i can't believe i, I used I, to live like 15 minutes Russell Howard. like 15 seconds away from her she's a fan of mine that's all i can yeah. say yeah. Yep. she said more nice things about you than she ever has trans people and that's crazy <laughs> to me um they've donated a hundred thousand dollars i thought liz trust this is lockheed martin towards anger management programs and when asked about the link that Moore's trying to make he goes i guess i don't see this connection you know, because guns are things people use to try and take life, but the weapons we're using here, these are only for defensive purposes, to protect Americans, to, to you know, keep us safe. They don't be used for any offensive purposes or just because you don't like someone. And then we cut into a really powerful sequence. What a wonderful world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we, I'm, I'm going to read some of the some of the chirons yeah. off here. 1953, U.S. overthrows the PM of Iran and installs Shah as dictator. 1954, U.S. overthrows the PM of Guatemala, uh, d- democratically elected. Democratically elected. Two hundred thousand yeah. civilians left dead. 1963, U.S. backs assassination of South Vietnamese President Diem. 1963 to 75, U.S. troops kill four million people in Southeast Asia. I think that's called the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah, very, very small. I don't think anyone's mentioned that. 1973, the, there's a coup in Chile uh, orchestrated by the, the Americans. President Salvador is assassinated, who also democratically elected. Dictator Pinochet installed. 5,000 Chileans killed. 1977, U.S. backs military Roosevelt Salvador. 70,000 Salvadorians and four American nuns killed. 1980s, U.S. trains the, this is the prequel, Osama bin Laden and fellow terrorists to kill Soviets. CIA gives them three billion. If you want more information about that specific incident, go check out a Tom Hanks movie called Charlie Wilson's War. It is the story of that enterprise. Um, 1981, Reagan trains and funds Contras. 30,000 Nicaraguans die. 1982, U.S. provides billions in aid for, stop me if you've heard this name in his prequel movie, Saddam Hussein for weapons to kill Iranians. In 1983, flip that. The White House gives Iran weapons now to kill the Iraqis. 1989, CIA Agent Manuel Noriega, president of Panama, uh, disobeys Washington. Uh, U.S. therefore invades Panama and takes down Noriega. 30,000 Panamanian civilians dead. 1990, Iraq invades Kuwait with U.S. weapons. 1991, U.S. enters Iraq. Bush reinstates the Kuwaiti dictator. 1998, Clinton bombs a weapons factory, in quotation marks, in Sudan. Turns out they are making aspirin. Um, aspirin, of course, we all know, I hope, is like paracetamol. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 1991, the present, which was 2002 at the time of the film, American plans bomb Iraq on a weekly basis. Half a million Iraqi children have died due to bombings and sanctions. Uh, between 2000 and 2001, the U.S. gives Taliban-ruled Afghanistan $245 million in aid. To September 11, 2001, Osama bin Laden, remember him from earlier, uses his expert CIA training to murder 3,000 people. And all this has been going place to Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. And then it fades out, and we have the sight of one of the towers smoking and, then oh, and we bring yeah. in the only diegetic sound of people just reacting in horror yeah because now it's here yeah mm. 
a powerful, powerful segment. Yeah. And then we go from this, and it's always, where are we going to? Because he's good at ending, and then he's good at juxtaposing. Yeah. And we have that, like, almost Parks and Rec music from the Littleton uh, <laughs> promo video. <laughs> and we're back, and the children, and we see the rockets are transported once a week past, uh, from one place to another in the Littleton area, past the school while the children of Columbine are asleep. A very well-written part there by Michael yeah, Moore. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And then we went to April 20th, 1999, but it's not about Littleton. It's the largest one-day bombing in the coast of a war. And we see the dueling reports. Clinton says, we're trying to avoid hurting innocent people. And then we get a report from what I feel is a news agency closer to Kosovo yeah. saying, yeah, they've, they've just taken out a local hospital and primary school. The two of the targets. They, they yeah, targets. It wasn't an accident. Targets, yeah. targets. And a primary school. And so I think what we need to do is just realize that it's a big old world and sometimes I don't know if we were as media savvy or literate in the in the nineties, because you all, w- w- why would our side do something wrong? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one hour later, Clinton reports on the shooting in Littleton and sends out prayers to the people of Littleton. Um, and then we have a, a really hard sequence to watch and listen to. We have a combination of nine one one calls mixed oh, in this. mixed in with calls like media requests by local yeah. media. Including this is one woman, so clever. Including one woman who was complaining, but Fox is on the air with you guys. Yeah, mm. and then we also like, have. Oh, I love watching your show. Watch yeah. every single like. Oh, thank you. That's so yeah. nice. And then we have video footage of CCTV from inside, mm. and then eventually it gets to the library and it stays there. And we get a phone call from inside the library with one of the teachers. And then we see everybody leave because they 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 flood out because the shooters are now in in the library. And we see them throwing things backwards and forwards. We see them torching the library and setting it on fire. And then we get two parents, and we conclude with these two phone calls. And one's of a woman looking for her daughter. And I don't know. We, we don't know if, if – I'm assuming she ended, out, ended up alive because we weren't told she, that she wasn't. No. Mm-hmm. And then we get a phone call. And I don't know if, if Joey, Joey picked this up or not, but it was a father of one of the boys. Yeah. Who was doing the shooting? Yeah. I think it's. I'm only really trying not to call them boys. I'm only really trying to call them shooters. I write actively in my notes, tried to go shooters and not boys because boys makes them sound innocent. Yeah, I think I think it's Eric's dad. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And we hear the first mention of the word trench coat mafia. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. what they refer to themselves as. And a trench coat became, in the wake of this, this anti-authoritarian, agitating fashion choice. Even trench now, coat. trench coat trench coat now is like uh, still synonymous what? with with school shooting. There was a it's game got, that oh, came out like connotation. Yeah. yeah, okay, I wasn't aware. There, of that. Was, there was a game that came out like six years ago, I think, called Hatred. Terrible game because uh, the whole thing is you just do mass shootings, and the whole thing is you're dressed in a trench coat and you are like a trench coat okay. guy and all this kind of stuff. As yeah, you can hide a lot in a trench coat, can't you? Trench coat mafia. Also, it's big, it's intimidating, it swirls, it's got, you know, yeah. detectives, private eyes used to wear trench coats. You know, yeah. it had a certain mm. cool factor always in it. Michael Moore tells us 900 rounds of ammo were bought. All guns were bought legally, and the ammo was from the Littleton Kmart. Uh, and then the news reporter goes, you know, they also talked about flying a plane into New York, which some might call fantasy. I'm like, guys, you're about two and a half years early on this. Yeah. Very. Mm-hmm. And of course, this gets made post 9-11, but I'm sure more found that when you got to be kidding me. We got footage of someone saying this. Yeah. And then um, we get told they turn the guns on themselves. And then we get archival footage of a pair of girls. And they're sort of expressing in the very immediate aftermath of their experience. And I, I, I do have in my notes, is this exploitive or is this essential? 
I think it's probably exploitive of the media at the time when they were filmed. But using it in this, I think, is essential. Okay, I'm just going to play the devil's advocate for a moment if I can. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Isn't that a bit have your cake and eat it too of Michael Moore then? Oh, a lot. Look uh, at this crappy media, but I'm going to use it in my film. I think he's expressing it as being crappy. He hasn't turned on the media yet. No. So this isn't part of that. There's part of that coming up. Jeez, do I have Mm. part of something coming up? But equally, he's he's setting, he's set stuff up earlier in the thing that is later paid off as well so maybe it's part of that i don't know it's not great i think it could have used a line explicitly there of a bit of a turn on the media yep i thought the phone call segment did enough for that personally sometimes visuals of people who were in there it's something i don't know i'm just Mm. trying to facilitate a conversation i don't know the answer to that yeah that's why i wrote it down i really don't, don't have a dog in the fight I yeah, think no, it's, my, it's, it's a bit of both. Double-edged sword type thing. Yeah, no, my answer is it's absolutely ex- uh, like exploitive when they're filmed originally. But I think using it in this is powerful. It, it, tells a, it helps tell the hard, story. It's hard when it's children. Yeah, of course. It's hard when it's children. Because yeah. um, I, I, I think that that's why I'm leaning more towards exploitive. But. They do, they, they, um, and then we don't know, do they give their... I guess they give permission to be filmed at the time, but do they give the permission for it to be reused again for this? Like I don't think you have to because once it's broadcast, I think yeah. it's it's a matter no, of public no, no. record. I'm, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if Michael Moore took that step and did ask. <laughs> I don't know because Michael Moore is I'm going to get my story by any means possible kind of guy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just curious. Don't know. Uh, and then the, the one girl says they shot the black kid because he was black. And we kind of cut out this moment, and then we just hear this voice. I have only five words for you from my cold, dead hands. And this is where we introduce to who's got to be unquestionably the manifestation, the the personification, if you will, of gun culture in this in in the documentary. Charlton. If the film had a villain, villain this is the the villain. Which is kind of my question. Yeah, I mean, I I was basically going to set up to go. He's the villain. They're establishing him as the villain. Especially for what happens at the end. Yeah, and, and they sort of drip feed it throughout the, throughout yeah. the documentary. Yeah, it's it's actually really well done. But to take this moment of su- supreme agony, because Columbine was huge. Columbine was huge. Columbine was bigger than anything I remember happening before. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually knew someone who was, uh, he worked as a youth pastor in, um, in Littleton, Colorado at the time of the, I met him before he went and did that. Yeah. And then I saw him again after he'd done it and he, I heard him talk about it. Yeah. And his experience, he was at Littleton that day, that day. Wow. Outside with some of the kids as they came out. Wow. Trying to... Yeah. Do anything you do can. Do anything you can, right? So that was kind of crazy to to, to hear. Um, and so we uh, we cut to then this, which seems the, the least caring thing for my cold, dead hands. And he's holding up... Now, interesting, he's holding up a shotgun. Mm-hmm. He ain't mm-hmm. holding up a handgun. Yeah. He ain't definitely ain't holding up an Uzi. Or a semi-automatic rifle. You know what I mean? And powerful transition. The placing side by sides just to cause and effect relationship. Now, the bit where he holds the rifle, different rally than the rest of the segment. Right. So they found this, my cold dead hand thing, and placed it here. So you could argue Moore's being a little manipulative here. Because we go back to Heston, but if you look at his hair, his haircut's different. All sorts of stuff's different here. Right. It implies he did the my cold dead hands after the shooting. Which is really, yeah. which is really pardon, the, uh, pardon the repeating of the word, cold. Yeah. To yeah. do right after this happens. So there's a little bit of, of, of I think you could definitely talk, talk to me that this isn't the most ethical cut. That cut isn't, yeah. no. Um, but then again, so I'm like, maybe this isn't as, as close as it makes out to be. And then we find out, no, 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 this is 10 days later. 
Yeah, and e- equally, he these are still words that he has said, knowing that guns kill people. Sure, sure. Like, but to the audience, to hear one and then the other, it's like, oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah, that is, mm. that is yeah. Which is why I think you'd really actually be kind of interested then if you're for, for Man Man with a Movie Camera one day, because it it's all about how you place things side by side and what does that mean when you put these two things side by side. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, so, so, so it's all inferential. Um, we then cut from that to a... Um, a protest of families outside Columbine, and we have Daniel's father stating that a 30-bullet, I think it means 30-bullet per minute or second or whatever it is, semi-automatic rifle is not meant for killing deer. No. Hmm. And yep, 100% right. Yeah. So, don't, so don't tell me it's for hunting. Yeah. This is going to shred yeah. the deer. I have a friend, and uh, I won't name him, but I have a friend back home in Canada who argues about the semi-automatic weapons because Canada's coming for those massively, and they passed some legislation in the last couple of years. And he really had a problem going, but this gun's not that much different from that gun. I'm like, well, okay, if that's true, then buy yourself the other gun if that really bothers you that much. Yeah. But we're getting these ones off. Well, does it make a difference, really? Because you're complaining about it. So something's obviously happened. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea of a, a weapon that powerful, a weapon of, let's In face hands. it, mass destruction. It's a toy. Being used by people, one, who don't have to be trained to use them, who are, can be impulsive, who can be all these different things. A weapon that can do so much damage so quickly yep. is insane. Like, the idea of someone... People are murderous all over the world. It doesn't matter where you're from, how you're brought up. Yep. You can, people can turn murderous. If you're murderous with a knife in your hand, yep. the amount of damage you can do is minimal. You can kill a few people. But the chances are there will be enough people around you quick enough to put you down and stop you. I had this conversation with someone. Someone with a semi-automatic yep. gun. You can't stop them. I had this conversation with someone shortly after the Dark Knight Rises shooting in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, yeah. Um, where they were saying, you can kill someone with anything. And they, we were getting really hyperbolic. But going, you could use a knife. You could use rocks. You could use tins yep. of soup. And I went, you know what? You're right. You could use tins of soup. But you know what the difference is? A, I don't know how many tins of soup you're going to smuggle into a theater, and probably by the time you throw about four of them, we're probably going to get someone on you. Yeah. Semi-automatic weapon, I have, I have no chance. No. But if you have a knife, you have one knife. If you throw that knife, you're in trouble. Yeah. Because you got to go get it back. Yeah. Unless you got cap shield. You know <laughs> what I mean? Or you got Mjolnir. Yeah. G- odds are you're going to have to go ahead and get that thing back. And I think that's part of my thing is that the, like with weaponry and those sorts of things, you can put... Pr- the idea that you'd need something that can kill 30 people in a minute to protect yourself from what would ever only be one home intruder, two, three, five at most yeah. people entering your home. That is... I would I would never have one, but if you, if they were to talk to me and go, handgun, handgun's what I need, I could maybe get my hand or my head around a handgun. Can, I would never have it. No. I would, kept, nor would I want it in this country. But if that was the limit of it. With the, with the gun in one place and locked away bullets in another if, place. If that was then, the limit, yeah. fine, go ahead, knock it. But you're never going to be able to convince me, ever, a gun that you need a semi-automatic rifle. At most six rounds at once. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. It, it, oh, yeah. And it's one tri- It's one full trigger one pull for at, each shot. Yeah, not just mm. hold it. You can't it just hold it and just spray it like a paintball gun. That, yeah. that. That bit baffles me. Okay. The recall of it terrifies me. Yeah. Um, so um, we then cut back to Charlton Heston, and it seems so thoughtless. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the impact of putting these two scenes side by side. It really creates. You see, you cut Charlton Heston. You go, wow, you seem cold and heartless. We then get Daniel's father, who's saying Daniel would want me to be here today, and if Daniel wasn't dead, he'd be here today. Mm-hmm. And talking about the, the, the need for, you know, it's not meant for killing deers. And then going back into the rally, into the convention, it just makes it seem 
so thoughtless. And then we meet Matt Stone, co-creator of South Park. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to see him. Uh, yeah, Matt talks about how normal Columbine really is because he went to Columbine High School and uh, Book of Mormon Avenue right. Q. Yes, not at this time, but yes, no, but same guy. <laughs> um, and he starts talking about if you're a loser now, you're a loser forever. They make you feel that if you don't get into, let's use a British example, top set maths. Yeah, then you'll never be in top set maths, and you'll be a loser. And then I felt he was pawing a little bit of it off on on the teachers, and I was like, okay, Matt's doing a little careful here. Yeah, a little careful here. Um, in the sense that there's nothing wrong with, you know, you've got a place, and he says, like, look, there's there's limited uh, mobility at times for certain people. Um, how do we educate? How do we counteract that education? Yeah. Um, any teacher who says if you're, you're a loser if you don't pass grade seven math, I mean, they're they're an idiot. But you can't let what you think your the message is. Uh, uh, I just had a hard time with 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 his thesis. Yeah, but I, I guess there is also just to play devil's advocate. You don't know what it was like in that high school. It could well, it could have been that environment. No, but in the same breath, then maybe. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, but he's sort of being used. Littleson's being used as a microcosm for the United States. Yeah, That's yeah. been said. Yeah, no, of course. So then he's saying this is what your kids full stop are going through. Yeah. Um. So I would just go with that. Um. And he says, look, you know, there's the idea of. A, I have said this a lot of times. Life is long. Mm-hmm. You know, just if it doesn't end up your way here, there's still time to, to have opportunities and turn it around. Yeah. I don't know from what we were being shown. This wasn't because their academic pursuits weren't being held up. It seemed more like it's because of social yeah. outcasting this. Yeah. And sure. I think it was like because of like they were kind of intertwined with each other. But yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, and then they show us the school, and the, the, the fifth time now they've shown us the school sign, and the mascot's a guy with a gun. I just finally clued into this. It was Is like it? some, oh, it was like that. some sort of frontiersman or oh, like right, militia okay. guy or something like that. So uh, yeah, the fallout, uh, and we find out that any warning sign of violence is being cracked down upon, and some of the more extreme judgments are being used. It's a bunch of like local media coverage. Um, and it's like you know this boy brought in nail clippers, and he's being sent home. Now, I hear you. And the idea about how hard it is to be a kid, I can't even, if someone who works in a school, I can't imagine what it must have been like working in a school post 9 yeah. 11 in the immediate oh, aftermath. Terrible. I have had students say, I'm going to, if anybody mentions my bad haircut again, I'm going to bring a gun to the school and I'm going to shoot everybody. That yeah. was, all, that was, that was, that was, you know, in my teaching career. And I've had to grab the kid and go, let's have a word. And I had to go ahead and go to the appropriate people in my school yeah. and go, look, I know you're going to want to just wash this away because it's just words. But where I come from and places I've lived, yeah. stuff like this has gone down. Yeah. So we can't do we can't just look the other way. It's not just words when you talk about this. Yeah. And I mean, so especially in the environment I work in, it's very yeah. it's very, very real. Yeah. But you know, it, mm. it's all talk until it's not. Yeah. So if someone's gonna say something, we've got to fall and the and the I remember the guy looking at me, he was like ahead of year or something like that. He looked at me like I was making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm like, we can you can we, we can spend 10, 15 minutes and do our jobs yeah and know that we've done our and know we, we, we've we done what we're supposed to do yeah and try and intervene mm-hmm. isn't that worth the trade-off for however small the chance might be yeah absolutely. oh yeah i mean we have i have that conversation most days when i'm at work it's like i know you was this with my my kids i know you're joking i know you're joking you know you're yep. joking even perhaps the person next to you knows you're joking but the problem is the whole world does not know you are joking yep. and you can get yourself into serious trouble yep. by saying these things and trying to reiterate to these kids that 
I mean, we've got some who aren't joking when they say these things, but we've got the majority of us are. Yep. So you have to try and get this across that, no, you can't, these are things you can't talk about. And it's, it, I mean, I only deal with it on that level. So, yeah. Um, when I was in secondary school, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, there was, there's this anime called Death Note, and in it, it basically, this guy is given a notebook from, like, satan and if he writes someone's name they die you can buy that as like a notebook to write your school notes in and a kid in my class uh. bought one of those notebooks so he could write like his gcse notes in there because he liked the show and i knew the kid i knew he was fine but people were like this guy has a book that says death note yeah and we've we've had an argument maybe at some point i don't feel like a lot of us knew that it was safe, but the, the concept that you've got a kid who gets in arguments with people with a book that says Death Note, yeah, I, I, I can foreseeably understand that. Yeah, so, like, I think at this point, I mean, everybody's freaking out. We're all trying to figure out what the new normal is. I think discretion's the better part of valor. Like, take everything. I'd never take something more seriously than, than not serious enough. Mm. Yeah. Um. Tell you who cashed in on this. People who worked in security. We saw a promo video from metal detectors by showing how many guns could be snuck in by a student who just didn't have his polo shirt tucked in. Now, I'll say this kid, we didn't see him walk up or else I'm sure everything would have fallen out. But this kid needs to audition for a role as Mary Poppins handbag. Because you'd hear the jingle jangle, too. Oh, you couldn't walk at all. I will say so slow. I was impressed with how many guns he got out of it. That last big one that came out the side of the yeah. trousers. There's like, oh. no way he's walking. Yeah. There's no way he's walking. You have to arch your back slightly and like waddle. So um, we then go to uh, 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 who's to blame, and everybody seems to want to blame Marilyn Manson. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see him. Either. I remember the Satanic Panic, which usually was a thing for the '80s. Satanic Panic. That was like you know, play your music backwards, and the devil's talking to the children and all that stuff. D&D yeah. in general. D&D, yeah, like there was always yeah. something else that was like the devil was hiding inside of. They've, it's come out recently with Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, really? What? Yeah, Seriously? No, 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 there's been there's been some um, parents or whatever saying that um, to ban Hocus Pocus 2 because you don't you can't tell what sort of spells That's they're putting different. on children through the That's TV. That's different to satanic panic in the sense, okay, maybe, but in the sense of like Hocus um, Harry Potter was like, we can't be teaching our children to to dabble in oh, the no, occult. They, they were... They were there the was a spell was coming through spells on children through the TV. All right, well, yeah. on on Disney Plus, folks. Yeah, uh, not, <laughs> not but Disney can't have satanic stuff on. I'm sure they could. Mickey Mouse <laughs> kind of strikes me as. Uh, <laughs> oh, the whole Disney thing is a bit of a cult thing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> that is a metaphor to any of the lawyers at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> we don't wish to legitimately state Disney you are a cult. I don't. paid you so much money in my life. I'm yeah. literally going to Disneyland Paris in February. Like it's there it's okay. Um, so he canceled shows out of respect. We're told two years later he returns those protests in Maryland and Michael Moore. I've done MM. It doesn't help when Michael Moore is speaking to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> and he says, "Well, music's an escape." Now this has aged badly because Mike uh, Marilyn Manson's not had the best last three or four years. Let's put it that no, way. No, he's. That's why I was so shocked to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I bet you Michael Moore wishes he could he could 
like gonna take in this segment out yeah um but the two vi products we find out of um the columbine shooting were violence and entertainment and gun control and then we forgot about monica lewinsky and i'm like i don't know once he came out and said i did not have sexual relations with that well do you guys know who monica lewinsky is yeah, yeah. Oh, monica lewinsky, monica lewinsky. she was an, she shares a birthday with me she was an intern <laughs> in um bill clinton's office and it was later revealed that they had an affair though it feels like they didn't never had at least he never copped to penetrative sex right uh, mm. there was a lot of talk about a stain on his on a, on a blue dress of hers right uh from uh oral sex yeah and then there was talks about was it a cigar i think there was a cigar involved and you can probably connect the dots on that yeah so she became like a complete overnight sensation for like a year. Okay. Mm. So Monica Lewinsky, it's the idea that he was impeached for this. Now, he never actually was fully kicked out because impeachment yeah. isn't the kicking out, as it turns out. Yeah, because Trump was impeached. Yeah, it? Trump was impeached. Yeah. But at the time, we didn't know this. So when Clinton got impeached, we're like, are you serious? Because right. also because it was like, okay, look, now it's interesting. We probably would go a bit more full circle. We said he just cheated on his wife. What's the, you shouldn't be kicked out for cheating on your wife. But now it's, well, hang on. He, he she was a subordinate so i think actually yeah. now we'd be more hard on him than we were in the yeah. 90s but at the time we guys. were going everybody was talking about the fact that he needs to be a leader and that included being a faithful husband and so i was like no i'm not i'm not about that i'm not about that also he was great for the economy uh but um, <laughs> and he played the sex he played the, the animaniacs the animaniacs loved him yeah so i mean he was a cool president but uh yeah, yeah. and then he's so cool he gets caught sleeping with his intern right yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, George Herschel Walker Bush wasn't about to do that. <laughs> so I remember in the next election, both president wannabes kissed their wives on stage. Right. And it was clearly just that we're yes. the anti-Clinton. Um, <laughs> I wonder, maybe if Gore had just been a bit more, like, assertive with his kiss, if he'd, like, you know, like, caressed her backside or something like that, maybe he would have got elected. Maybe he would have won Florida. I wonder uh, about that timeline so much. <laughs> um and so uh Marilyn manson knew about kosovo which was interesting um and he says what would you do if you could talk to those two shooters from columbine he said i don't think i'd talk to them i'd listen to them which no one else did which is kind of his um, shtick like yeah. his shtick was like i'm the guy who will you know i represent the kid who's like alone and no one else talks to yeah i had a friend who was way into Marilyn manson i remember i was part of columbia house and Columbia House was this um, like subscription service for CDs, and you could get like thirteen CDs for a penny. But then you had to buy eight CDs at their prices over the next like four years. Right. But their prices were like twenty five dollars a CD, <laughs> so you always paid for it on the back end. Yeah. And of course, everybody defaults on their Columbia House, like everybody did. <laughs> but uh, I remember they would send you like there'd be a, like here's your album of the month, and if you didn't tell them no, I don't want this, they would send it to you and charge you the full price. <laughs> and Marilyn Manson ended up in my house. My mom, my mom went, I will not have that in my house. And my mom, he's not going to jump out of the shrink wrap and start <laughs> corrupting our souls. Because like, I had no interest in, the, in Marilyn Manson at all. But I was like, I was just too lazy and forgot to. Now, it's illegal. Like, they're practicing to be illegal. You can't tell someone. It'd be like if I said to you, if you went, oh, I'm interested in buying your, your, your PlayStation. And I went, okay, if I don't hear from you by 5 o'clock tomorrow, I'm assuming you want it. And I'm therefore, you're legally, I'm yeah. going to charge you full price and you're legally actionable. Yeah. For, like, no, but that business model does not hold no. up. No. So uh, I remember reading that in a, in a business. I was taking a business class and I about someone selling a bike. And I went, that's what Columbia House does to me every month. <laughs> that's garbage. 
Um, and so we go to bowling class. Uh, you get a gym credit for it. And this is where they talk to two of their classmates. We get told they were weird. They weren't very social. And they go, yeah, they didn't really care about their bowling scores. <laughs> and the question becomes, what's to blame? Is bowling to blame? Well, bowling can't be to blame. Bowling's everywhere. But so are Marilyn Manson concerts. So are violent movies. So are violent video games. The UK has a greater divorce rate, so it can't be that. Canada has more unemployment. It can't be that. Yeah, America's got a violent history, but what about the UK? What about Germany? What about France? And then we get our gun deaths in 1999 or whatever year it was. I'd be interested to know what they are now higher of course germany 381 canada 165 i bet you if you look up canada's gun deaths in 2021 it's much higher uh the uk 68 australia 65 japan 39 america 11,127 and this is usually where someone in the comments thread or whatever Facebook post I'm on will tell me about how oh yeah but you have knife crime i'm like i don't think we have 11,127 no and again how many people can you kill in one go with a knife yep Daniel's dad asks, what makes our culture different? And they both, he and Michael Moore, what makes it different? I don't know. You tell me what makes it different. And then we have a welcome break in the middle of the film, a brief history of United States of America. Oh, my, I hated this South Park wannabe ripoff bullshit. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yes. But uh, we get this animated thing that basically is guns are, are, are fed by fear. The fear that someone's always coming to get you. And that's actually, I think, what Moore stumbles upon as his thesis. Our obsession with guns is because we're afraid. And why are we afraid of each other? And that part, I don't think he really figures out fully. But, yeah. Um, The key note from this uh, brief history of the United States of America is that in 1871, the same year the KKK became illegal, the NRA was brought into action or into existence and one of the first that happens was a law that prevented black people from buying guns and we get told at the time there's a quarter of a billion guns out there and you know that part's not getting any smaller do you have an updated list for us georgia i'm looking at the moment i can't find um, anything that's it's all it is all about america uh, um, i found it oh, there's lots oh. of there's lots of comparison stuff it gets it's all the time yeah no one of the Canada, 875 as of 2019 Wait, uh, that was 2019, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's quintupled. 2019, uh, countries G- with the highest total gun deaths, Brazil yeah. is at the top, but with 49,000. Yeah. What is America? America 37,000. So it's yeah. tripled. Wow. Yeah, 37,040. Okay, forget everything else. If we're listening to this, we went from 11,000 in the States to 37,000 in the States. Yeah. UK is at 162 For, as of 2019. So again, about, tr- yeah. about double the triple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Canada went up five times. But the States, like you tripled and you were already 11,000. Like that's a lot of gun deaths. Yeah, I mean, and it, it jumps dramatically. I mean, the first, yeah, it would. first four are 49,037, 28, 22. And then you get 14,000 India, Colombia, 13,000, Philippines, 9,000, okay. eight, Guatemala at 5,000. Yeah, and we can so talk about, we, really and we can talk about population and how that would affect some yeah. of those numbers. Oh, yeah, and what's, But if we just look, let's compare apples to apples. Oh yeah, there's, there's apple pie America versus apple pie America from 11,000 yeah. to 37,000. That is a 300% markup. Yeah. In uh, 20 New years. Zealand, yeah. New Zealand's now is uh, 48. And about 19 of those came from the year of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's total. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the animated portion because, as Ethan said, um, South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone had nothing to do with this seg- segment. And Matt Stone, who was interviewed just a few scenes earlier, was enraged, believing Michael Moore had intentionally left the impression he and Parker had made it. For that reason, Michael Moore was portrayed in negative fashion in Parker and Stone's film Team America World Police, which I've never <laughs> seen, but. It's weird. It's the yeah. way it's where that song comes from, America. That, that, yeah, that, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The puppet, it's the puppet one. Yeah. Um, and then we get asked, or did they? And then America seems like a scary place on the evening news. And they talk about Y2K panic buying, and then nothing happened. I remember December 31st, 1999. I was part of this like community like celebration we were doing outside. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like a bunch of people in like their late 20s and teens, sort of around most of the setup. We were all, hey, it's going to be great. And I remember. Yeah. Uh, it was like minus five or minus ten, and we're trying to play music outside. My fingers are freezing up, and I got told towards the end, "Just go ahead and vamp." And I'm like, "We will," because they were going to set some fireworks off. And I'm like, "Ian, just take the mic and do something." And we had some CDs. I said, "Play, play track eight. I'm like, "We got a song. We're about to play. We don't know if Y2K's coming, so here we go." And we all sang REMs. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel <laughs> fine. That's how I brought in the, the, the 21st century. Incredible. Um, you doomed us all. But um, my buddy. My buddy, my buddy Luke, his parents were like totally convinced the end of the world was coming and they wouldn't let him come out because they'd made like a panic room and they'd like oh. stock and they'd like stocked up on stuff. So you want to talk about like panic room, like like, like pandemic panic shopping? Mm. Like they had like the whole thing kitted out and how they must have felt like a right bunch of Charlies the next day. Well, I mean, I, I think. I remember in the past talking to like mum and dad about it because I, I, I really found out about what, what Y2K was like not that long ago. Um, and I was talking to mum and dad about it because they were talking about how it was like in the States and stuff. Yep. Over here, the consensus pretty much was like the sun reported on it. Like like the tabloids yep. would like put a front page about it. <laughs> but that was it. Like no one was really that concerned no, in not, the slightest. <laughs> computer companies made up, like they would go in and they're like, we're gonna, there we go, sir. Your computers are now Y2K ready. Like they were just making a fortune. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was gonna be fine because I woke up and I was sleeping on the couch for some reason in the living room that day. And I woke up December 31st, 10 a.m. or whatever it was. And it was like Canada a.m., which is like our good morning, Britain, whatever yeah. television show. And it was shots of um, Australia. Australia oh, celebrating. Yeah, you tell yeah. this? Yeah. And I'm like, any plans crap out of the sky? Nope. I guess we're all going to be okay. Everyone's like, oh, what's going to happen? No, no. We know. We know. Like, how, how jingoistic can you be to think Y2K will only attack you? It will only happen to our computers. Because we're the only ones who matter. The British computers, yeah. no. I would have loved this world where North America like plunges into the Stone Age, but like Europe is still going tickety boo. Yeah. Can you? And it's that's such a like from from as stereotype goes. That's such a like not typical American attitude because that would mean that their stuff didn't hold up yeah. to the technology I'm going to argue it's an absolute American thing because they have no consideration of what the end of the world is doing at all. It, it wasn't yeah. even oh, an option. Yeah. If it doesn't happen here, it didn't count. Right, okay. I think the last time we had like a real y2k fear monger was like 2012 when everyone's like the end oh, of the oh, world, like yeah. 21st yeah. Yeah. December 10th. Tw- oh, I remember that. I was, I was on holiday in Gran Canaria and um, there were four people at the bar who were like, I don't know, it might happen. I'm like, you're, you're sunbathing right now. Obviously, you're not that scared. 
I'm going to try and sort of power through a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, this started. This sort of shifts towards a little thing of it's the media and how the media represent on things. Uh, so, um, you know, there's never been a razor blade in an apple. Yeah, I remember, like, my generation was all about razor blades and apples, like getting your candy checked. Now it's fentanyl that's the food. Yeah. Only two people yeah. who ever died from, from, from trick-or-treating, it was when they were intentionally poisoned by relatives. Yep. Ooh. Lots of fear-mongering. We go to South Central, and Michael Moore goes, hey, this isn't what South Central looks like on the news. And the guy's like, yeah, I know, because what's good, what are you going to report on? Yeah. You're going to report on the thing with a gun involved, right? And I have a hard time with this going, look, if someone gets shot, I think that's a more, there's a story there. It's a lot more to do. What a lovely neighborhood we have in the middle. Like, you know what I mean? It's like one of them is newsworthy. Yeah. Um, but the part where they talked about, and there was this great, like, montage of everybody reporting how the suspect was a black man, a black armed man. Yeah. And so the part where people are starting to use it as alibis for the crimes they commit mm-hmm. and how the police like buy it for the first like three weeks or whatever it is until finally, oh, it wasn't a black man. It was you. Yep. Yep. Uh, even down to bees. Now, I'm like, is this just a world's greatest coincidence here? But we have the more gentle, tolerant this European is bees. so cleverly done. And the more mm. aggressive, deadly, vicious, Africanized af- aggressive, bees. Africanized bees. Yeah. Uh, so that's and that bit about the woman having them moving in she never expected a colony of Africanized bees to move in yeah. it's so cleverly done there's a guy from yeah. the school district who says look man Michael Moore's like where's the guns a problem he says honestly he goes the white suburban schools yep. he says the guns don't she's not in the inner city black schools he goes nope. nope we've had some but the bigger problem is the white schools in the suburbs and then we find out that murder rate went down in LA 20% but coverage of murders went up 600% yes so what that does is and there's a thing uh who was oh i'm trying to remember my my media theorist now it's uh cultivation theory i think his name is george gerbner have a look yeah look up gerbner cultivation theory see if it comes up and it's the idea that if you get drip fed information long enough it will build up your idea about what that place is like and so my example was always my parents and the news my parents were affected by it. the news always sort of told me that toronto was a scary place because there was crime, there were shootings. If anywhere got shootings, it was Toronto. And then I think when you turned about 21 or 22, I was like, I'm going to go down to Toronto for the day. It's Gerberna. It's Gerberna? Great. And I had this uh, this day in Toronto. And Toronto's awesome. There's so much good stuff to do. It's, you know, this is, this is also pre-foodie era. But I'm still like, I went to some really good restaurants. Yep. I went and saw some really cool things. I went to a Jays game. I'm like, man, I should take advantage of being so close to Toronto more often. And it was only to develop as a scary place because of what I'd seen on the news. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, exactly the same experience with London because it, I'd only ever been with my parents younger. We only mm. went once because they don't like yeah. it. And then as a as an older teen into an adult going, I have access to so much so yeah. close. Yeah. So I'd get, say that even more with East London because every, everyone's like, oh, East London's the scary part. I go to East London like every couple of months. It's the, ni- it's the nicest part of London I've ever been in. So you get like three, four minutes of like nice news at the end of a uh, thing. And then afterwards... Um, I have no idea what you asked me to do, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but then afterwards, um, you know, everything that preceded it was like everything. The world is a scary place. Now look at some puppies at the zoo, and you're like, first <laughs> off, why are there puppies at the zoo? 
puppies are fairly domestic. <laughs> Shouldn't keep them behind bars. Adopt them out. Uh, but no. So this frog was stuck in a tree, but a blind veteran was able to rescue it. Yeah, what a good day in America. Then we went to uh, there's there's a near drowning, um, mm. and uh, George just escaped to get a drink, I think. Uh, but uh, I was going to ask her about this. It's a shame. But um, the more tries to get a cop to arrest someone over the pollution because he can't see the Hollywood sign, <laughs> and he starts to try and ask the guy it, and the guy like walks away. And this oh is the, yeah, this is the first of like the Fahrenheit nine eleven shtick that we'll see. Where he's so good at making other people. This, this is the Louis Th- Theroux stuff, really. Yeah. Him going up and just trying to poke the bear with an unrealistic expectation, but the guy is smart enough not to play ball and just walks off. And then we go to Cops, and Cops is like the original like uh, reality show. Right? When they come for you. Um, and some more suggests that the show's demonized black and Hispanic people to one of the executive producers. And instead, he wants to pitch this other show, Corporate Cops. And I don't know if you caught it, Ethan, but like as they're singing it, it's like it's like totally Rastafarian now. Yeah. And Michael Moore as the cop has a donut firmly in his mouth as he's arresting <laughs> the guy. Really. My favorite part of it was when he's talking to like the the guy who runs like I don't think you'd find anyone who's more liberal than me. And he's like, but you do happen to have like a lot more people focused on uh, on, on black criminals. Like, oh, do we? Will you fix it? Well, I I could. I just I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think to, I don't know. Not I don't think it'd yet. be very good television. <laughs> <laughs> and the then most he goes, liberal man I've ever met. And then he asks, well, why is that happening in Canada? And he goes, yeah, I was thinking that too. So we go to Canada. <laughs> so Liam would go, Canada. Uh, <laughs> and we see we meet some of this affected youth hanging outside of a Taco Bell in Sarnia, Ontario. I have a friend who lives in Sarnia, Ontario, actually. Which I uh, I met him after watching this film for the first time. So that was yeah. interesting. Uh, he may have been about, gone to that Taco Bell. We're and, finally getting one in Cambridge. I'm geez. so happy. Uh, why do the kids think there's shootings there? And the one kid's like, I don't know. We don't hate each other to the point of death. And he goes, don't you hate each other? He goes, yeah, you don't just give them a hard time, though. You tease them. You, you, you don't shoot them. Um, Sarnia had zero gun deaths and one the year before. I did look this up. In the last 20 months, this is current, there have mm. been 22 murders in Sarnia. So oh, shit. I don't know how many were gun deaths, but they are on the way up. And so Michael more than goes and asks American why Canadians aren't as violent. And it's like all this, like, I don't know what they think Canadian. We used to have a show called um, This Hour is 22 Minutes. And within that, there was a sequence called Talking to Americans, where one of (laughs) Canada's um, comedians would go down and try and see what he could get um, uh, Americans to believe about Canada. How far can you push them? And they'd be like, congratulations, Canada, on getting your first hundred miles of paved road and all this sort of stuff, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, you'd usually get most people to sort of buy into it. And uh, it's a great thing. If you ever want to look it up, it's called Talking to Americans. It's on YouTube. Go look it up. Uh, because not, they don't probably have as many violent movies. And I'm like, I was sitting here. Georgia had come around by this point. I'm going, nope, we got those. <laughs> and he goes, well, no poverty. And you find out Canada's unemployment rate's actually higher. And they go, uh, well, it's too white. Now, to be fair, they go, Michael McGraw's Canada looks pretty, pretty uh, multicultural. And at the time, he said it was 13%. The number's way higher now. But I think 13% would be considerably below the American metric at that point. Yeah, no, not, so I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting there's a link, but I'm saying mm-hmm. he tried to suggest that it's the same. That part I don't think is the same if we're just talking accuracy of statistic. There's also a couple of times in this, and this is one of the first ones you just mentioned it. He mentions how poverty and unemployment are the same thing, which I That's true. not. No, you're right. You're mm. right. You're right. Yeah. 
especially because they, he has to go see like, like a Canadian slum and it was just like however you look after your unemployed is a very different thing yep. how, how do you look after I'd your, say we got yeah. we have better well I think we're about to hit the part yeah. where we go to the working for welfare mm. right um, and so it was no, there's no guns and actually there's about 7 million guns the guess was at that time and you can go to Walmart and buy ammunition you can buy a gun at a shop downtown and then he gets fast with his idea about locking your doors at night and they're like, nope, 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 nope. And then he just goes and starts trying to open people's houses. Yep. This was crazy to me. He must have phoned ahead. He must have. Because technically he's breaking and entering every time he opens one of those doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I, or I guess you hope that your conversational skills are good enough that you just could explain I hope so, because we got video evidence you breaking in that you took yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Michael Moore can never step foot in Canada again <laughs> for any chance that he can get arrested. And so Michael Moore ends up with this thesis that Canadians aren't being pumped full of fear. And they show all the things like, you know, what you don't know at the supermarket, that can kill you tonight at 11. Because, you know, if something can kill you, we're not going to tell you at 6. We're going to make you stick around to the late night news and make you watch that. Yeah. I think that's changing. I think there's an Americanization of Canadian media, and I'm scared of what it's doing. I'd say, well, even our, even UK, even UK no, media doing right. the doing the same. Like you watch a morning daytime show, it's like the fungus that can eat you. Be- Phil and Holly will, yeah, because they've discovered that these segments are drawing better numbers. Yeah, because fear will make you. I don't want that to happen to me. I'm going to find out. Well, it's yeah. every time that the Sun or like the Daily Mail have like a clickbait article like a meteor's gonna go past the world. Will you die? Pay- reach our paywall to find out. I love that your like paywall like clickbaity article has like a narrator's voice on it. Click here. <laughs> that's uh, that's the re- that's how I can get more clicks. Is that how you get the more clicks? Yeah, <laughs> makes me mute the site. Uh, <laughs> I got a button that lets me do that with you here, so I may as well. Aww. I need that. <laughs> Uh, the kids think healthcare is a human right, and I'm like, you damn straight it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a girl says, "I think America's answer is fighting when Americans want to negotiate." Now that's uh, sorry, Canadians want to negotiate. Uh, okay, that's great. She's she's no more an expert on international relations than the Americans were. You know what I mean? Like that's just a gross oversimplification. Uh, but then we have another nine one one call to Buell Elementary School, and this is in Flint. I hated where this. Michael Moore's Flint, from. Michigan can't catch a break. Nah, and that's where he's from, and he's done a few focuses on uh, Flint in his uh, films. They shoot. He's talking to the principal, I think, and you can hear the kids in the background. Uh, and before this, we actually had the whole 911 call. And that was hard. Yeah. Mm. That was really hard. Uh, especially when we find out. They don't explicitly say, but we find out pretty quickly, okay, she's died. Yeah. yeah. Little boy brought a gun and then shot a six-year-old girl, and it's a new record for the youngest school shooting ever, and it took 30 minutes for the media to show up. And then we get live on the scene, there's this one guy who's just, oh, he's an asshole. Yeah. I'm not going to beep. I'm not going to beep that. He's an asshole. The slimiest. Oh, man he's you could yelling get at the woman. Oh, oh, maybe he'll go through to the proper truck because I can't. I can't stop this. And they're joking about. Oh, I need more hairspray, don't I? Can you believe I brought it and didn't put it on? Like ha 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 ha. And just, oh, it's great. And also the black. No, I understand. He's got a job to do. I fully understand that. And maybe that could desensitize you to a degree. So maybe there is that. But my word, does he not come off well in this? No, oh really no. Doesn't. This is Jeff Rawson, and I'd like to say that this is the peak of his career. He would later go on to join NBC, and in 2012 was named National Investigative Correspondent for the, for, for the National NBC. My God. Wow. He included reports that appeared on Today, NBC Nightly News, and Dateline NBC. Oh, 
he now has his independent thing where he submits uh packages of stuff so What's his, his career sir? jeff rosson r-o-s-s-e-n i just wikipedia page that's the most up-to-date thing i can find i'm just saying most on twitter okay 87 percent of the students at buell we find out live below the poverty line even though they all have ivy league street names and aspirations a wonderful thing don't get me wrong aspirations mm. great but you know what's better than aspiration is help yep yeah mm. so rather than go we'll name the streets after this you start to aspire to be change the definition of normal um and we get a second he uses the quote again from my cold dead hands it's almost like like this imperial march because we have another rally with darth heston and uh he gets asked why did you come to flint and he goes well we spend a million dollars on education of five and six year olds about what to do with a gun cool <laughs> they're not gonna remember that when they see a gun which if we're being fair look at all the cartoons and stuff we saw everything's mm. taught you shooting guns is fun yep yeah um and then the, the sheriff goes and then moses showed up and that's funny because charlton has yeah, to play yeah. moses in the yeah. ten commandments oh did he yeah, yeah, yeah okay i didn't know that no, no, so that's what it is like he's literally moses this entire documentary threw my my opinion of charles heston like on its head because i'm like Char- oh yeah charlton, charlton heston yeah, yeah charlton heston even i was like yeah planet of the apes ben hur ten commandments oh yeah. yeah yeah i have a really hard time watching every charlton heston film i think yeah um people and then the 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 da sorry it wasn't the sheriff it was the da he's telling us that people wanted this child tried as an adult why because then it's because the, then it's not the, uh, the problem's not gun ownership it's the person the problem's the kid yeah yeah and then he says he he then says it's something about race and it's not in, unless you know this story yeah. it's only after he mentions that it uh, but undertones of racism that you find out that the kid is black. that's a good point because i didn't figure that out yeah because i was like why are they so oh kids black kids black 15 minutes after the book now i think the boy's a really difficult thing to get my head around because there's this picture that the little boy drew 15 minutes after he shot this little girl mm-hmm. and that picture is now hanging in the policeman's office who was like responsible for taking care of him yeah i don't know what to do with this because i don't want to hold the little boy accountable but i don't not not want to hold the little boy accountable it's difficult because he's so 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 young if he drew this picture mm-hmm. three months later but it's 15 minutes i can't remember what was the picture again it's it was just him inside him inside of his house. his house yeah oh and you mm. find out he's, it's, like, it's a tragic backstory why is he drawing mm. him in his house because he's just been kicked out of his house i know i know i know right like, like it's complicated isn't it it is complicated like shot- yeah but i he do we i don't the reading i get from it and i don't know the story and i don't know the I, i've only seen it in this okay is that the kid brings in a gun and i don't think he point blanks i don't think he kills out of malice or anger i think he shoots the gun that he shouldn't have had and it's framed the girl. it's framed we don't know why he shot the little girl not it was mm-hmm. an accident we don't know why he shot her so that suggests i pointed shot i on pulled purpose yeah i don't yeah. No, i think he i think he pointed and pulled but i don't think he did it i don't think he knew she was gonna die because i don't think a six-year-old knows what death is no, no. I, don't, I don't think the the reality of hurting someone with it let me throw something at let me throw something at you mm-hmm. If he picked up a rock and hit her in the head, not killing her, but if he just hit her in the head with a rock, yeah. Fifteen minutes later, are you like, yeah, draw me a picture? I'll put it on my wall. No, he's he's getting him to he's keeping him calm. Yeah, because he doesn't well, understand he? the. Yeah, that's exactly what he's removing him from the situation and, and distracting him, keeping the child I, calm. I, I hear you because I, I know that's what you do. 
But he never mentioned anything about the kid being in distress. He just said that he said, why do you have those pictures behind your thing? I think the kid's quite lucid. I'm not sure the kid's a sociopath. None of that stuff. This, it, this was difficult for me. That's I my thing. I guess the bit with the picture, that's what alludes to me is that the kid doesn't understand the gravity of what oh, he's No, doing. clearly he doesn't. No, no, that's because fine. he's able to come in and just draw a picture. And I think what they're doing is they're keeping... It's, if you've got a six-year-old in an office and you've got to keep them there for a while, you, know, you, you give them something to do. You know what the picture is to me, though? Over it. The picture's a daily reminder of that incident. Yeah, if that's my office, are. I don't want that. No, I think that's exactly why he has it, to remind him why he does his oh, job. I, I would have loved it if he said that. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> mm. that's the problem. He never gives me a reason. He just says, I promised him I'd do it. And I'm like, oh, I need more than that. Yeah, I think. Why? I, I, to me, the only reason you keep that around is to go, this is why I do this, because if not, this happens. Okay. No, no that would have been good. Yeah. Mm. Um, welfare to work. And we found out about the mother. And the, mother, uh, the mother's story is tragic. tragic story. Oh, it's awful. Um, you know, uh, this is very... This is very Victorian. Yeah. Welfare yeah. to work. Like, you know, I teach a, a, a Christmas carol. It's very poor house, yeah. It's the very poor law. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you can't afford, okay, great. If you're going to get welfare, you're going to get comic relief and you will work for it. Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Yeah. The treadmill still in running vigor or whatever the quote is. Like, I'm like, so, you know, they're getting picked up, you know, sent somewhere else. Auburn Hills, one of the wealthiest regions in the area. Which is just rubbing salt in the wind. Who are, you're not even building mm. up your own community. You're, no. you're just making rich people's lives easier. better. Yeah. Easier. Doing the jobs that they won't do. And then who's in charge of this? Oh, surprise, it's our friends at Lockheed Martin again. Jeez. We go to Dick Clark's Rockin' American Grill. We find out Tamarla was the mother's name. Yeah. Worked at the restaurant. She's a good employee. She worked two jobs. Also worked at... The fudgery. The fudgery. Mm-hmm. But she still couldn't pay her rent, was evicted, moved in with her brother, and it was his gun. I don't think she moved in. I think just the children did. Yeah. Was a, was what they... The children moving because she didn't want to take them out of school. Oh, right. Okay, maybe. Yeah. It was like, no, 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 no. That's not true. Because she says that she never saw her kid take the gun because she was already on the bus. That's the way the narration went. She's in the house. Oh, there's, I mean, I mean the, the narration conflicts itself because so at one point there's absolutely a bit that she doesn't says, want to move her kids out of no because she moves in with, with the brother with, they move in meaning her as well they move in with their brother the children so she, move in with the brother well so the children don't move schools that part still exists no 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 yeah I know I think I'm no I'm not arguing with you I'm arguing yeah. with the narration because I think it does contradict itself then oh do we have to check this again yeah uh, all right <laughs> tab this for next week <laughs> which won't be next it's, week It'll actually oh be jeez weeks from now it's a really sad one to come back to as well yeah, yeah. oh god especially because it'll be it'll be cer- certain film as well yeah well we'll figure it out yeah. yeah um and so um he michael more than goes and pleads his case to dick clark who like shuts him right down the minute he talks about <laughs> he shuts his limo door it's like a van, actually. But van, like, weird he does van say, he does say yeah. move your hand, move your hand, move your hand. We're shutting the door now. Move your hand. And Michael Moore is doing the bit where he's like, Dick! And the van's like, come on, she worked at one of your stores. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's he's good at this. Mm. So, like, performative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, panic buying. Uh, we find out after 9-11, we get guns and ammunition after 9-11. Chemical suits and a lot of money's being made off this fear. There's a Harry Potter newspaper talking about stealth airplanes. <laughs> I say that because the picture was moving, like one of George's fancy stickers she wants me to shell out for with the holograms. <laughs> uh, Michael Morris says that a country this afraid shouldn't have a lot of ammo laying around. And this is where he cut to Richard Castaldo and Mark Taylor, both at Columbine. Um, both got shot at Columbine. Both have bullets still in their bodies from the local Kmart. 
Yep. Mm. And he asked them, would you like to go to Kmart to return the merchandise? So one of the more fun moments, I guess, is when they go to Kmart headquarters in Troy, Michigan. And uh, eventually they're met by a media relations officer. And like he, he introduced us Columbine survivors. He just goes, you've come a long way. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> He's not good. You know, and Kmart, uh-huh. and hopefully your shoppers at our store. I'm like, you've got balls the size of lake michigan i'm constantly a shopper at your store you're to say this she's inside of me oh jeez there's a line she one of them says later on i'm like how could how could you say that with a straight face yeah. um she says well we'll certainly take your message to our ceo and he goes look mark has a bullet but you know a winch from his heart he goes no no it's it but from his aorta he says no it's like right beside between my aorta and my, and my spine. spine and he says i told him someone would listen to him not a pr person someone with decision making power so they bring down this other guy and they're like, look, let me show you. And he lifts up his shirt and he goes, this is where the bullets went in. And the guy just goes, take care. Yeah. And, and ends the interview. So Mark, we're told, decided he wanted to buy all the bullets at local Kmart. Maybe he did. Maybe, maybe it was his idea. Yeah, maybe he did. Um, they go, but I think the story's better if it's quote unquote Mark's yeah. idea. So they buy all the bullets out. And like without any issues, even though he's a minor, he can buy all the bullets he wants. Yep. They go back to headquarters the next day and they bring the press. And this time it's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a vice president comes down, reads a prepared statement, and Michael Moore like shakes her hand and like restates all the terms until, until yeah, the yeah. terms are made. And then he's like, "Wow!" He even like gets everybody to clap for her as they leave because <laughs> both it forces them, but it also makes him look like he's an agent of real change. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a bit, he's a bit of an ass in this. <laughs> like deserved, but he's an ass in this. Yeah. Um, and so then we go back to a Charlton Heston interview to finish the movie. And after two years of trying to get an interview with Charlton Heston, Michael Moore was going to give up. The bit where he buys a map of the star's homes, totally legit. One wow. of the staffers oh thought God. of that the day of. They were going to go to the airport and leave. Amazing. And they thought that. And he buzzes and he's like, yeah, come back tomorrow. And I would have thought, there's no way he's letting me in. He yeah, hi, hey, the Charlton Heston open, answers his own door is amazing. Yeah. But secondly, he's like, yeah, hello. He goes, oh, Michael Moore for Charlton Heston. He goes, yeah, come on. It lets him in. And as he walks in, the theme to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is playing oh, in the background. And uh, they sit down in this pool room. And he's got like, these old posters of his around himself. I'm like, I probably would, too. I probably yeah. would, too. Um, you do. You I, have I, old I, pictures of you on well, your Alexa coming up. I sit here. I'm surrounded by all my like Amdram stuff behind me here. So I guess so. <laughs> um admits he's never been a victim of crime and he doesn't need protection but it gives him comfort and claims the second amendment i have the right to do this so you have the right to do and michael moore's going to do the right do you have to why can't you have the right because i can and it was it does feel like it's very much because you can't make it's very childish it is it's incredibly mm. childish like you just yeah just because you ha- can doesn't mean it's you like when to. he got asked can you please not come here after the shooting yeah and he goes I'm an American citizen. I, I get to free travel I wherever I will. <laughs> yeah. You can't make me. And it's just so I juvenile. He acts as if he's living in so, in like one of his movies because everything he says needs to sound really dramatic and powerful. <laughs> and my, yeah, out of my cold, dead hands because I can. Because <laughs> I have the right. Because if it was good enough for those old white men that founded our country, it's good enough for me. Uh, you my, animals, you destroyed it. Michael Moore asked about the Canadian question. He goes, well, we have a more violent history. He goes, more than Germany, more than the UK, <laughs> more than Japan. <laughs> And then he suggests ethnic makeup, and when Michael Moore tries to hammer him on that, he hits the back pedal. <laughs> he hits the back pedal. 
Uh, I think the NRA's, well, I'm, I'm going to, the NRA is presented here seems to be, there was a lot of white faces in that crowd. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Adjacent to another group. Well, the, the film shows yes. us a link to another group. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then as he, as he, 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 Charlton Heston walks out after Michael Moore wants him to apologize to the people of Flint and the people of Littleton, Colorado. And then he goes, can I just say one last thing, Mr. Heston? And then you turn around, you get the shot of Michael Moore going, this is the girl. Now, that reverse shot had oh, to be picked yeah. up afterwards because Clearly. there's no second camera. Yeah. So, obviously, Heston storms off. He then shoots the scene of him holding the photograph out for a couple of minutes. And Heston storms off, and that is it. Uh, the interview from Charlton Heston was filmed early in 2001. There were some thoughts maybe it should have been cut from the film because uh, Heston was showing signs of Alzheimer's disease, which he would later succumb to as a result of this. So, again, if you want to have a bit of a bone to pick with Michael Moore, you can go, hmm. Yeah. The movie's better for this as your final oomph. I didn't notice anything myself, but if you Mm. know, then what's your obligation as a filmmaker? I don't know. Does he know as a filmmaker? So there's that there's that argument as well. Or if you found that after the fact, do you need should you keep it? Should you cut it? Yeah. Um, After Charlton Heston abruptly ended the interview, Michael Moore and his film crew walked down Heston's driveway to find themselves trapped as the gate closed. They feared Heston may have called someone to try and confiscate the interview footage, so Michael Moore had his cameraman pass the film through the bars of the the gate to staffers waiting outside. Uh Moore then said, get in the cars and go with the film. Moore and his crew eventually left Heston's estate without incident. And then finally... still clever, though, in case it... Yeah, yeah. Get out, get the film safe. Uh, the three bowling alley, uh, sorry, uh, the closing segment is that three bowling alley workers were shot in a bowling alley in Littleton, Colorado. So the we get full circle yeah and we end to what a wonderful world but it's a punk version thereof just in that you know the the cycle continues yeah and that is our film we're in the end game now and we are in the end game now who did the random word last time ethan did george i want you to do the random word um i'm going for soup because soup. because throwing cans of soup. Oh yes, that also. But because bowling for Columbine oh, reminds me yeah, of bowling yeah. soup. So soup. Columbine. You said Columbine. Is that not the same thing? Call Columbine. Columbine. Not Colum. Columbine. Columbo. Colum. Colum. Like like the things that hold up buildings. Colum. Colum. Yeah. Bine. Columbine. Yeah. Is that not what I said? You went Columbine, like like Columbo. Okay. Col- col- Columbine. Yeah. Okay. It's a hard call, not a color. Okay. Yeah. So the, the the syllable breaks after the call. Right. Whereas you were in ka. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. Um, let's talk about the money, money, money. Four million dollar budget. What does this make? Oh God. Ooh, I don't know. Twelve. Twelve. Ethan. Uh, sixteen. Actually, big big hit. Fifty eight million dollars. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Highest grossing documentary until 2004 when Fahrenheit 9-11 was made by Michael Moore. Uh, it made more in its opening weekend when this movie did in its entire run. Like Fahrenheit 9-11 is probably the height of Michael Moore's right. fame might not be the right word, but influence maybe yeah. on pop yeah. culture. Yeah. Notoriety, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Because I, I know everyone kind of fell off of him after he did his Trump documentary in like 2017. Yeah, I think he was already in the downswing. I think Capitalism and Love Story wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. I watched that, was mm-hmm. not impressed. Um, it won the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. I'm not surprised. Um, 
when the movie won it, Michael Moore sparked a controversy by denouncing the George W. Bush administration on stage. Now, this is during the second Gulf yeah. War. Right. So I remember um, there was this guy I knew, and uh, he was a big Michael Moore fan. And he, I said, man, all that booing. And he went, no, 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 no. Some people booed, and then other peoples were booing the booers. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you are so no. full of shit. There's no way. There no. is no way that's the case. America was so full of like that jingoistic, like, we we need to take back control, freedom, fry well, stuff. They yeah. were all booing. They, yeah. they were all in at that point, because how, how can we be wrong? Yeah. Um, because the film didn't fit neatly into an established category as it can, the jury created the special 55th anniversary award just for the film. There's no need for casting because we've already got this. Maybe a question is could you do this? Could you go and ask that agitating question? No. I think I could. I could do the playing dumb bit and then kind of twisting slightly. Yeah. But I couldn't purposely agitate. I couldn't do the bit. Like Louis Theroux asked some stuff, totally aware he might get punched in the mouth. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I can do that. No. I watched Made in America, but he didn't. Oh, that was that was part. One of my courses is like basically this kind of debate, and there are some people in that class that I that when you have like a debate conversation with them, it's it's like this. So it's basically training at this point to deal with that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, did this film have a villain problem? No. No, Charlton Heston was pretty good as yeah. the. Uh, yeah. As he has the, a, <laughs> I hate saying he has a presence because it sounds like he's acting. My but, cold dead hands yeah. right now. It's, yeah. it's what we call frankenbiting, where you take a yeah. uh, an audio clip and you sort of use it for maximum effect out of context. Right. Like the end of it is, you can have my gun when you pry it from my cold dead hands. That's the full. That's the full quote. But you know the idea that we sort of suggest he says this at that rally. That's yeah. frankenbiting. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I like that as a yeah because you've like you've you've put them together and made them mean something else like like. Frankenstein, I like it. Yep, there we are. Um, I think that's clever. There we go. Um, I don't know. What should this film have been called? Bowling for Columbine's a pretty good... It's it's not the kind of film you can have some of these fun ones with, is it? Yeah, no. Uh, whose story is it? I think we know that. What is the story here? I think it's about asking questions and not necessarily getting answers. Yeah. And I think it's quite a defeatist end note it ends on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, what, what was the big win? Kmart's. Pro- I don't know if we fully talked about that. Kmart promises to take all handgun ammunition within ninety days out of its stores. Yeah, that was the big win. Yeah, do they? Don't know. Don't know. Um, so there we go. I'll Google it and see if I can find out. I'm not going to do musical inspiration because this isn't the kind of film I want to make puns about. No. Yeah. Um. Sorry about that. Uh, role of women. Uh, I'd say for the most part, women are somewhat underrepresented in this film, but that's because it's basically a Michael Moore thing. Yeah. So, did we give women as much screen time as the men? I mean, we spent a lot of time with Tamarla's story. Yeah. Um, we spoke about the teacher who was the teacher of Tamarla's son. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, guns have always sort of swayed masculine anyway. Yeah. Although, I've gotten into debates with a friend of mine who lives in Texas, and she's got a little gun, and I'm like, you're... I mean, talking to Americans is one thing. Talking to a Texan about guns is like the next level up. Um. So there we go. Um, Kmart kills ammunition sales. CBS News from two thousand and one. There we go. Well done. Um. Best. Let's go best segment. We'll do these separately because it's not really characters. Okay. So let's do favorite segment, and then we can talk about best element if there's something that separates those two. So what was your favorite segment of the film, or most powerful segment? It can be something that made you cry. It can be something that made you laugh. It can be something in between. 
Ethan really didn't like it, but I really, I really liked the animated sequence. Well, I think Ethan did like it because it felt like it was a South Park ripoff, is what we're sort of talking about. I have like, yeah, my feelings for that is kind of both the South Park ripoff and also I, it just feels very disingenuous, like it's trying to be funny. Oh, because I think it, it is, is funny. It is trying to be funny. Yeah. It is funny. <laughs> no, but it, I'm saying it's try it, and for me, it's failing. Okay. I I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I okay. thought that was segment was really good. I've used this segment multiple times in in talking about... It's 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 not... If, if someone... For a UK class, sometimes they don't get the idea of the race relations in the mm. States. So I have used that as a three-minute... Here's really in the most basic terms Yeah, what we're looking at. Also, the uh, Africanized bees segment, I thought that was very, very cleverly done. Okay. Ethan? Um, the the segment of the like the 911 phone calls as Columbine's happening, oh, mixed yeah. with the phone calls of all the media being like, oh, can we just get an interview, just a little talk? Oh, I love your show. Oh, it was so, it was so vultured. I love, I not love, like, you know what I mean? I really yep. appreciated that um, deconstruction of it. Uh, one that made me sad, what a wonderful world. Yeah. One that made me smile, the opening sequence in the bank. <laughs> it's the perfect yeah. thing to start the film off with. Um, favorite element? Um, 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 the way it's kind of cut together and woven together with the different bits and pieces. Yep. Ethan? Uh, I'd say Michael Moore's a bit like, create, because he, he just creates a journey. I think I appreciate that because it, like, the narrative is there, but it's more just the experience of everything you need as a crash course. Uh, I'm going to go with Georgia on this one and say it's the it's the arrangement. Yeah. Um, he knows when to get into scenes. He knows when to get out of scenes. And he knows which mm. scenes to jump off to which. And uh, I think it's edited in that regard. I can see why it's nominated for best for for, for screenplay at yeah, the Writers Guild of America Awards. Um, let's go to, um, a grumble, a grumble. Probably there's a the couple of like disingenuous bits that I found out after the fact. So obviously I, I didn't know that that, that speech isn't from the rally that they talked about. The cold about. dead hands? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's your first moment they switch and something different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So there's, yeah, just, I guess the couple of bits that are used as bait a little bit. Sure. Uh, I'm not going to say the animation part because, like, it, it it does its job. Um, it does fill up but, points. Like, but you sort of did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's my that's my little digging. I'm it. bringing it up, but I'm not bringing it up. Yeah. yeah. It up. <laughs> you have noticed this notice, and by noticing this notice, yeah, yeah, yeah. you will have noticed. Um, <laughs> no, I I feel there's a. It's almost like a ramble, essentially, where he like goes on like a bit of a tangent about um the Lockheed Martin stuff at a point where I'm going, okay, where are you going with this? Because he just talks about its history for a while without sort of saying it's it's intent for it being here for a bit. And it kind of meanders to get to its uh, point sometimes. Yeah, for me, it's a film that was supposed to be about gun control, and it, 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 does, it does veer. Yeah. It's like he's had a couple of drinks, <laughs> and he's not walking the straightest line to his destination anymore. He's weaving back and forth as he tries to get where he's going. But does it just show us the weaving of how guns are Tomorrow, I don't mind. into the entire society and therefore it's impossible to tell a straight narrative? Maybe. I don't know. Um, he does Sorry. He does get much better at telling a tighter story. Because this is not my, hero, my, my Michael Moore documentary by any means. Um, 
Although I do like it a lot. I will say it feels like, especially because it feels like it runs a solid two. You know what I mean? Like if you're telling me yeah. you could, could you cut off 20 minutes if we had gone a couple different places, a couple different times? I, I, I wouldn't get rid of Charlton Heston. I think you have to have him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need the Kmart stuff to show like yeah. impact of people. Yeah, Maybe some stuff in, in, in LA. Or some of the stuff in Canada. Maybe the stuff with that with the with the kid. I oh, know you can't you can't Canada. move the kid because you need it for Charlton Heston. I get Canada because Canada is the American mirror. Yeah, but I think yeah. there's quite there, there's a big segment where he spends quite. Oh, a lot you don't of time need there. you don't need to talk to the kids outside the Taco Bell no, or see if people's doors, doors are, are open. Well, yeah, yeah, I think you'd ever talk to them or you could open the doors. You don't need both. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah, I felt maybe, the, but there's places I could have I could have trimmed because at the end of the day, you want to find like it's the easiest link to make. Americans Canadians are so similar. Yeah. So there we go. Um, so there we go. There uh, is this Michael Moore's best film ever. Uh, you've only seen this, I'm guessing, Georgia. Yep. Ethan, I've only seen this. I just have. A, I really want to see Fahrenheit 911. Mark. Sicko, Sicko is hands down the best thing he's ever done. Sicko's where he does. Imagine this, but it's about the healthcare system instead. Okay. Oh. And he talks. He goes all over the world to all sorts of different countries and looks at their healthcare Clever. system. Yeah. And goes like, we are not. We are the exception in America. Like he's like. Like countries that you think are impoverished, he takes them because look at how well they take care of their people. Yeah. So why can't we? Yeah. It's it's phenomenal, and I think it's something that maybe people can get on board of a little bit more because guns are very divisive. But I think the the ability to be well, yeah, should be should be a universal human right. It really should. Yeah. So there we go. Um, let's hit it, even if it's just for one thing. I never wanna hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Due to its truncated nature, I'll say age game, age game. Let's all play the age. So, yeah, we, my, Michael Moore. So no, well. no, no. <laughs> it makes me twitch. <laughs> Please just say the word game. Game. Thank you. <laughs> I should have waited until the end. <laughs> so, yeah, we got, we got Michael Moore. Michael Moore here. 46. He's a heavy fella, so it's hard to determine. Oh, sorry, I went second. Should I go first and you can adjust if you want? Uh, yeah, go on. Okay, 45. Thank <laughs> 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 you. George still wins. Uh, he's 47. Oh, so really, really close. Yeah. He's heavy, so it feels like he's older yeah. than he is. Yeah. Yeah. It, I was like, oh, wow. That's. Because he just seems to always, always been there, but again, I think yeah. he looked like he was like thirty-five when he was twenty. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it just is. He's like the reverse. Uh, oh, I've, there's that one comedian who has like age regression syndromes. So he just looks like he's nine, even though he's like fifty. Indeed, you can see what happens when you only have one one thing for the age games. Georgia wins! Yay! Yeah. Yay! That's the only time I've won. Uh, let's talk about the critics. The good, the bad. Oh, I've left my Facebook up. The good, the bad, and the ebs. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, what you got? So I have got uh, Michael Williamton from the Chicago Tribune who says it's unnerving, stimulating, likely to provoke anger and sorrow on both political sides. And above all, it's extremely funny. Then we have got Kenneth Turin from the Los Angeles Times. He says, anything that coaxes us into thinking about why we are the way we are, even as imperfectly as Bowling for Columbine does. Columbine. (laughs) Columbine does is an energizing change of pace. That's weird because I read, I was reading then and 
to me, that's how it reads. Like, obviously, that I'm wrong, but like, I'm aware there's something about the like the. If I were to read it, would you read out? Look at that house; it has such lovely columns. No, because there's an N on the end. <laughs> okay, and that changes that changes the pronunciation of the word. Ah, Absolutely, it does. So that you ever hear words, and that's fine. So there yeah. we go. Uh, and then we uh, finally we have got our good friend Roger Ebert. Kalibs. <laughs> Kalibsy. <laughs> Kalipsy, <laughs> father of literary dragons. <laughs> can you tell I've been watching show? it between get, uh, House of Dragon episodes? Yeah, I can. Who says bowling for Columbine thinks Columbine? <laughs> Usually, it's Ethan and Liam wood up on the end of year reel this much. <laughs> <laughs> Bowling for Columbine. Yep. Yay. Thinks we have way too many guns, don't need them, and are shooting each other at an unreasonable rate. Moore cannot single out a villain to blame for this fact because it seems to emerge from a national desire to be armed. If you're not armed, you're not responsible, a member of the Michigan militia tells him. At one point, he visits a bank that is giving away guns to people who open new accounts. He asks the banker, is it a little dangerous to have all these guns in a bank? Not at all. The bank, Moore learns, is a licensed gun dealership. Note... The movie is R-rated so that Columbine killers would have been protected from the violent images, mostly of themselves. The MPAA continues its policy of banning teenagers from those films they most need to see. What utopian world do the flywheels of the ratings board think they are protecting? Wow. Well, what do you give it? Uh, Three and a half. Okay. Um, He's out of four as well, though. Yeah, he is. So I put out a fleece. As you are known to do. As I'm known to do. And I'm just ah. looking that up right now. Um, fleecy Fleecy uh, says, forget Khaleesi, we got a Felici. <laughs> and <laughs> we've got, uh, is it a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? I think this actually speaks to the kind of conversation we're having. Not one person voted for okay film. No. no. Oh, wow. 43.8 said great. 31.3 said good, but 25% said poor. Wow. So wow. I think I think people are uh, voting with their ideology. Yeah. And I I'm sure we'll we'll see maybe some some pushback on this, but uh there we go. So what did our Patreon backers, our friends of the podcast think about this? Uh so I've got three in at the moment. Well, they're not getting any more for this one, are we? Because this is a is actual it? date is one. It? This is the way date, date of release. Date of release one. So first up, we have got Katie McRae, who says... Oh, okay, you're just prepping for the next one. Oh, no, I can do no, it. No, you're going to be really prepping for For this one, for Katie McRae. I made the extra effort, Katie. I hope you, George wanted me to move on. I was like, no, Katie <laughs> McRae will get her adjacent sound effect. Couldn't you not have her own sound effect? Like a cat meowing or something? I don't know. <laughs> I can go, I can go, I can do that for someone. (laughs) A documentary that is 20 years old is scary that this is still relevant. As a matter of fact, gun violence seems so much worse here than in the, uh, than here in the States. There've been so many mass shootings since 1999. It's deplorable. I hear on the news every day about road rage, hate crimes, domestic feuds, disgruntled employees or customers and gang gun violence here in our own city where we live and work when will it stop michael moore sure is a bold documentarian i mean his meeting with um charlton heston was a was crazy bold i'm glad he met up with him but people like heston have their minds made up however i did love the fact that michael's boldness along with two permanently injured injured columbine columbine students really made a difference with their persistence 
with confronting the leaders of Kmart really shows you how passion and taking action non-violent can make a difference it's a bit weird that Kmart went out of business though not that taking ammunition off the shelves would have made them go bankrupt uh yeah i know i struggled with that bank i hate that word bankrupt <laughs> uh, i wish walmart would do walmart would do the same thing i'm really trying to talk today stop selling firearms and not go out of business i thought it was so fascinating when michael compared statistics and anecdotal information regarding the difference between other countries and the usa especially canada we are so alike in so many ways however michael pointed out that the us has such a culture of fear and it seems so much of that fear is fueled by the media now we not only have the news but we have the internet and social media contributing as someone said in the documentary there should not be guns in a country that that has a culture of fear i can't remember who said it but i agree as a side note i also appreciated michael's sarcastic humor sprinkled throughout the documentary his humor emphasized the irony of so many people's reasoning that makes no sense in a world where one would aspire to peace and understanding of others very well said katie yeah no needed there that was a That was five sauces at a five as far as the... Uh, sauces? Sauces of milk. Saucers? Yeah. Saucers. It sounded like you said sauces. I have an accent. Oh, so do I, but apparently no. Columbine's not no. right. <laughs> you remember, remember last year or something when we had Liam doing Pete Postlethwaite about 19 times? That's going to be you and Columbine. <laughs> and bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> it's a word I cannot say. Right. Coming into this. This is... Oh, I didn't even say who it was. No. Oh, for God's <laughs> We're going to take a moment here while I'm trying to <laughs> recapture her uh, dignity. Um, <laughs> that's, that's too late for that. All right. Right. Back to your regularly scheduled disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Who says, coming into this, I didn't really know anything about the columbine school shootings so this was quite an eye-opener i love the way more goes about this documentary a lot of the time playing dumb to the people who are pro-guns and acknowledging the absurdity of u.s gun culture these tongue-in-cheek interviews are brought crashing back to reality with the real cctv footage and heartbreaking phone calls from the actual event i found it fascinating that the u.s news is always trying to scare the public and people were blaming everything for shootings i plead played gta and dabbled with heavy metal since i was about 12 and it's honestly never provoked violence in me i thought the south park-esque cartoon explaining the history of the states was hilarious and the ending of the film with the boys from the shoot shooting was very powerful i found the whole thing extremely interesting and it had my attention the whole way through well said cheesy as always Mm. And then finally, we have got a genuine essay from Reverend Bruce. So this might take me a few minutes to get through. Have we we passed the collection plate? Then it's time (laughs) for the sermon. It, It genuinely is. He says... Here is a film where Katie McRae and I do not agree completely. We both agree on the premise that gun culture and gun violence is a huge problem that has only gotten worse. My parents were Canadian citizens who emigrated to America before I was born, so they held the Canadian view on guns their entire lives. So far in 2022, we have had 582 mass shootings with 604 dead, 2,380 injured. We've had school shootings, church shootings, parade shootings, you name it, we've had it. We agree this is madness. However, she found the documentary effective but i didn't 
I found the documentary far too dated to be relevant. Even putting myself back 20 years to mm. when the doc was made, I found it to be a bit too trivial. Can I Although pause for a second there? had some good moments. What a really interesting take, the idea that we're doing mm. this as a 20-year anniversary, but the idea that it could be dated. I mean, yeah, because we're looking at a, you know, this isn't this isn't a film with, like, um, it's, it's a thing of its time for its time. And to look back 20 years later, it gives us a skewed vision, maybe a, a naive vision of where mm-hmm. we are when actually we said triple some numbers quintuple others yeah. so sorry yeah, that, that's just an excellent point mm-hmm. reverend bruce and i wanted to bring that up uh more going to see charlton heston of the nra was ridiculous he already knew that someone who played moses in a hollywood movie was not going to listen to him so why bother going into a came up was another stunt that really accomplished very little i'm glad that the store is gone but please michael take down walmart i hate walmart <laughs> katie mccray i wish I wish it would go out. I, w- I wish it would go out of business. Was Katie said she didn't want it to go out of business. She just wanted to stop selling ammunition. Yeah, uh, you can shop there, but I am not. Target, Costco, and Whole Foods rule. Uh, that said, the doc revealed how much of the uh, of the analysis by the others, the Columbine shooting, was laughable. Mm. It was halfway. Yeah. I'm, I'm to genuinely Every time Georgia it. does this, guys, she's having to like stick her chin out and like sort of like spit the word I'm out. I'm having to genuinely put the <laughs> word yeah, in I'm my looking, mouth. I'm yeah. looking at it. Yeah. Um, the typical pathetic tropes about the moral decay of American culture, right-wing religious fundamentalists, of which I do not consider myself a part, spouting their typical nonsense. These are the very same people who are now mostly pro-gun and most against universal healthcare, women's rights to do what they want with their own bodies and free speech. Most of them do want control of sometimes of some kind they want control of what women can do with their bodies uh, with overtoning roe versus wade but no control over guns period which is that's a brilliant joke reverend bruce uh, i do hope that our you that our uk and european friends will understand the second amendment will never go away ever guns are here to stay that will never change but surely we can make some progress i'm not an expert but i have some thoughts i find it absurd that you cannot drink alcohol and use two you are 21 but you can buy an assault rifle at age 18 and even more absurd is that several states I cannot smoke cannabis, which I call pot, at any age, but I can buy an assault rifle at 18. Surely we can put on some restriction, restrictions. I know or we can get you a prescription for that, for that, for that, for that pot. <laughs> I know sensible... In Colorado, no less. In Colorado. Colorado! Uh, I know sensible gun owners who strongly believe there must be background checks, training required for every gun owner, and a mental health exam before you can own a gun, and the minimum age of 25 to be able to get a gun. This would at least do something, given the fact that guns will never be banned in any in every capacity at all. What is the larger solution? Americans have to take stock of the culture of fear that is definitely fueled by social media now more than ever. There is lots of research on the massive harm done by Facebook and Instagram, on the spreading of its lies, propaganda and disinformation. On top of that is the inability of people to even be able to have face-to-face conversations about anything on which they disagree anymore. And that will simply never be solved as long as the people who are most pro-gun are the same ones who used violence to try and overthrow democracy in January of 2021, falsely claiming they lost the election of 2020, and who will now claim any future election they lose will be rigged or stolen. One of our two major political parties apparently no longer believes in doc- democracy itself and their opposition to universal health care and free speech is stronger than ever. But does half the country even think that is a problem? Apparently not. Gun culture is simply a symptom of much deeper issues that I hope can be resolved without people taking up arms and having another civil war. Quite frankly, we have not yet recovered from the first civil war. I really wish Michael Moore would make a new documentary on the topic of guns. I would love to see what he would have to say now. This film gets dated and irrelevant 
the film gets at the problem but for me it's simply too shallow dated and irrelevant to really add anything to the current discussion where the situation is simply far worse it is complete madness views expressed are those of reverend bruce and do not necessarily <laughs> indicate those of the bfe george will be back after a five minute break i'm having some water and some nerds give me a minute uh, there we are <laughs> so uh keep it a class in the bfe water and nerds yep there we are um can we get nerds here? Was that part of like a UK specialty shop thing you got? No, you can get nerds. Oh, you can get nerds? Yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of yeah. Wonka candy is made here now. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it is Wonka candy in the States. Although these ones are actually imported ones. That is an imported the, one with like the, the sticker on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there we go. International aisle, I'm guessing, at Walmart. Not Walmart. <laughs> Tesco. <laughs> I should imagine, yes. Yeah. So uh, I put out a fleece already talked about that with the patreon let's look at the fledgling fandom shall we the fledgling fandom so um i've got a note from uh danny it's musical podcast says one of my favorite documentaries it's so important i find michael moore a fascinating documentarian his bias is incredibly evident throughout but helps aid his cause of showing how important the topic is to him and makes the message more powerful uh he continues um I, I made a comment about how I don't think it has to be objective. I says, yeah, exactly. I wrote all about it. You need discussed how bias isn't a bad thing at all. I can't remember the specifics, but I do remember talking about how Moore makes himself a character in his films to add legitimacy to his argument. See how much I care in, in speech remarks, for instance. Um, friend of the podcast, poet laureate Dwayne Smith. A very nerdy Dwayne Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, she just called you very nerdy. I have unfortunately not had the opportunity to watch this in time for your recording. It's been on my list for a long time, probably 20 years, so I'm determined to give it a look, hopefully, before listening. Uh, we've got an OG of the BFE car. Low, 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 low. Oh, boy. Are you ready for the kind of discussion this might spark, considering how polarizing both Michael Moore and the topic are? And I was like, yeah, no worries there. He says, overall, I think it's a pretty good documentary. Uh, Maybe even essential. Moore raises a lot of interesting questions as he compares the situations in the U.S. with other countries, as well as exploring the motivations of the media and the government to instill a culture of fear. However, as insightful as many of his points and questions might be, I do think he scrambles from time to time. Plus, I wasn't a fan of the last two cinematic moments. I mean, you can't raise all those thought-provoking and deep-rooted points you're making for one and a half hours uh, and then end it by blaming on Kmart and Charlton Heston, both of which are only byproducts of deeper issues that Moore was exploring. I'm still happy with the results, but I wish Moore were to push deeper with his ideas. Still a pretty good and thought-provoking documentary. I hear you, Carlo. I think they only have to do it because yeah. you need to leave with some idea that you've won something. Yeah, even if it is left. Yeah. Even if it is left and it's depressing, yeah, the, 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 the shooting at the bowling alley. Uh, and then one last pair of comments, which are from... Hey, it's your sister. Fuck. Uh, it says my default speaker has changed. What's occurred here? Oh, no. Is this still going through? Like, it's still recording, but I've lost... Oh, I've lost the ability to get Ethan, I think, in the recording device. That is... Oh, hang on. It's changed to the Roadcaster Pro. Ethan, say something. Howdy, howdy, there howdy. There we are. You're back. All right. Uh, so just watched it for the first time. I was bothered by a lot of the actual footage of both Columbine and several ex- executions in other countries. A lot of his documentaries seem to strive for a shock factor, but I think it was necessary for Michael Moore to get his point across. I despise guns, and I'm still bothered by the fact a friend's husband nonchalantly asked me to hold something without realizing I put out my hand and he handed me a gun. <laughs> Probably just a good idea not to just put... It could be a couple different things that might have been awkward there. Uh, it wasn't loaded, but still... 
Gun culture is changing in Canada. And as a mother, it scares me to no end. Incredible film. Yeah, that's the idea. This is a, this is a, a kind of what Reverend Bruce was talking about. We, we have a snapshot of a very specific time happening here. And I'm not sure it's um, fixed to what needed to be. Oh, it, it, things have moved on since then. And yes. if we went and said, this is where we're at now, we'd be fooling ourselves. Which is terrifying because this is bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, if you're from America, I hope you realize we try to come at this from the perspective of here's what the outsider's view looks like. To our American listeners, to comment on what Reverend Bruce did, we're not expecting the Second Amendment to go away. Uh, mm-hmm. I think all the toothpaste is out of the tube, and I don't know if the answer is to ignore that, but I don't think it's going to be as simple as just saying, no more toothpaste. I, I think there should be a much higher acknowledgement of the fact that the Second Amendment was written when arms were a sword and a... And a a musket a musket yeah like and this also was, it's been changed already because of slavery well that was another amendment i mean the constitution yeah, exactly. changed every amendment's a change for constitution ethan yeah and so um the second amendment though you know free speech and then guns but that was about again it was about militias i think well i don't think it was it was about militias it was about protecting your homestead because you don't live in cities, you don't live in towns. Urbanization is not yet a thing for the majority of Americans. So um, I think I think there's some people who like owning guns, and that's fine. But can we have a conversation about you owning your gun then as a hobby and not as something that you're literally using to protect your family? Yeah, and then if if you like owning a gun and you use it as a hobby and these sorts of things, then why would you be against background checks? Because surely it well, wouldn't make a difference. Again. Yeah, I know. I opened the door sort of on this. We're just outsiders, and we yeah. don't know. Um, and it, it, there's obviously a cultural element to the gun ownership mm. in, in the U.S. That, that's, that's why you get our reactions, because we cannot understand it. Yeah. And we don't say that as in a – because we'll never know what it's like to be raised in that culture. No more than you'll, like to, you'll know what it's like to be raised outside of that culture and see it as this totally – I think George used the word bizarre, and I think I'm going to come back to that. Yeah. This bizarre thing that just doesn't – it's like being taught one plus one equals three to us. Yeah, it is. And we're going, why are you so adamant one plus one equals three? Have you, have you tried two? Two's good. Yeah. Two's good. So that's it. Um, important. Probably one of the bigger conversations we've had as far as this sort of thing goes. Um, next week, we are up to a little more lighthearted of a thing. But before we talk about that, let's talk about our ratings. So our ratings. Uh, Ethan, why don't you go first this week, buddy? Uh, I I was surprised, but I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it uh, going in, because I didn't know if it was going to be more like plot or sort of opinion, like talking head type stuff, because I hadn't seen what uh, Michael Moore does, and I appreciate that it wasn't just, we sit down in the room and some guy talks about how in his day, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, it, it worked, it was effective for me. I, I was watching, um, when I was watching it, I kept thinking of this year with uh, Uvaldi and the shooting there, and the amount of parallels and like conversations that sounded almost identical from now to 2002 um so i think as a time capsule it's a really interesting film and i i i really i enjoyed watching it so for that i'm going eight and a half i really can't think of a pithy thing here because i don't think i should out of ten uh georgia um yeah i mean I didn't know what to expect from it. I was a bit nervous when it was about guns and those sorts of things because I do have some quite normal for here, but I guess extremist uh, on one side views about guns. Um, 
so I didn't know what to make of this. I didn't know which side it was leaning on. And then you told me it was more anti-gun. I was like, right, okay. And I watched it and I was like, I really enjoyed not only the content that was being across, being put across, but the way it was put across. I thought it was very, very clever. I thought in places it was funny. I thought it was, it's my kind of way of telling a story. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the different segments. I liked the animated sequence. I thought that was very good. I liked the ability for someone to go, this is where I'm from. These are the things that are wrong with it. How do I fix it? And I think that's something that you don't see all that often. And I think it's, it's, it was, it was really lovely to see. And I really enjoyed it. Of course, I'm going to be biased on one side of it because I'm, it is preaching to the converted with me, but I, still think it was very 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 well made um i think it's very clever in its construction as well as its narrative so i am going to give this eight and a half guns from banks out of ten wow (laughs) um all right um I like this film. It's 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 a good film. A bit dense. It's it 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 wanders, but it's well edited. It's well constructed. Um, I think it lacks a final punch, and I I guess we're kind of left with the circularity of what happened in Columbine and what happens at the uh, Littleton Bowling Alley. It's a repeat circle, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Not that I have to walk out feeling good about it, because it's not the case necessarily. I have to. But it does to see, kind of steal a little bit from Reverend Bruce. It kind of lays it all at the, the the door, literally, much like a photograph. This movie lends itself and leaves itself at the door of Charlton Heston. And I'm not sure, you know, a guy who's just really just a um, figurehead for a much larger situation. I don't think the actor really has much to do about it. Um. I think it's important to ask these questions and to have these conversations in a time where everybody's starting to shout. I don't think Michael Moore's shouting. I think he's asking some questions and he just won't go away. So uh, I really, really like it, but I feel it was a bit too dense. Could use a little bit more cut off and it wanders just a bit. I would give it eight unlocked Canadian doors out of 10. <laughs> so the question now is who is the voice of the people? Who is the voice of the people this week? Uh, so we are all higher than the voice of the people at the moment. We had a six, a seven, and an eight, so it comes out of seven. Seven, wow. So oh. that puts us at an average of an eight overall, which ties it exactly with oh, a film we have coming up. I'll just leave that there. Oh. Uh, but ahead of the big short, that's weird to me. This is a much better film. Than, sorry, this is not a better film than the big short. The big short's a much better film than this to me. It's interesting, isn't it, though? Hmm. You, you marked this much higher, Georgia. Uh, I, I, Ethan put them the same. Patreon put this lower. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, that's it. So now we're going to talk about what we're doing next week. And next week we are. Oh, I've put this all down for the Halloween film. I need to, I need to totally change the uh, what we got here. There we are. Get rid of that. Yeah, it's not that yet. It's not that yet. So because we've done this all uh, t- timesy wimesy wibbly wobbly. Uh, next week, uh, episode we've already recorded, <laughs> but we're going to pump out uh, a week Tuesday. Uh, we are going to keep things a little bit light. And after all this talk about Dodd uh, about bullets. Next week, we're going to meet a man who has a bullet in his teeth and a man who dodges bullets. We're going to talk about Bullet Tooth Tony. We're going to talk about (laughs) Boris the Bullet Dodger. I'm using one of my picks this year. We're going to London for a gangster film. Guy Ritchie presents Snatch. It's been so long since we recorded this that my brain went... What is he on about? I can see that you were over there going, what film is this? (laughs) (laughs) What was that, Ethan? Did I miss this? He said, do you like dogs? Oh, yeah, we got dogs. 
Or dags. dags. You like dags. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a really interesting uh, film that we've already recorded on. I'll say it was really. I tell you what, it was a really good conversation. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie. At least a certain type of Guy Ritchie film, and this is that yeah. type of Guy Ritchie film. So looking forward to talking about that next week. As always, our biggest thanks go to our Patreon backers. Reverend Bruce, Julene, Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, Cheesy, Andy, easy being cheesy. <laughs> Andy Dixon, Holly Callan, and Richard. You can guess who pushed the button for Cheesy there. Uh, thank you. I, sh- I should have done it earlier when Cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah, if it's there, go ahead. Uh, so, and if you want to know how you can get involved, how your vote can help determine what we say, how we can, you know, provide a, a vote that helps us determine our ranking or maybe even appear on the pod itself. And get some physical media get through the post. some physical, not media, but some physical stuff. Yeah, media. Yeah. That's not media. It is media. That is not media. It is, it's a thing. It's an, at best, it's an advertisement. So I guess that would be media, I guess. <laughs> media is not product. Those are different things. No, but like the media that you do something in is is the thing. That is medium. Like, no media. I mean, like paint is a is a media. Paint is a medium. No, it's a media. No. We'll, con- we'll, we'll continue this. <laughs> I'm tired. We're gonna continue this later. We've got something. I forget even remember. What, no, what, you are right. It is medium. What are we looking at for for bowling for Columbine again? We had to go check something out. Do you remember what it was? Uh, oh, oh, the lady, whether it was uh, whether she moved in or just the kids. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to look at that. All right. So we're going to take a look at, but anyway, patreon.com slash BFE. We Unlike kept it simple outro. for you. Unlike the Georgia button into my outro, <laughs> we kept it simple for you. So there we go. Uh, that's patreon.com slash BFE. Uh, so all of us have to do is take us out of here. So I'm a little bit sad in my soul. I need to, see, I need to have yeah. something positive to, to help bring me up. So next week, that will happen with our choice. So please join us next week as we attack before the Germans get here. <laughs> the Guy Ritchie film Snatch for best film ever. Uh, Benito. Uh, and I've been Georgia. And we want to thank people for sticking through it this week with us. Mm-hmm. Without Liam with the serious tone and with George's mispronunciation. And we mean that all the way from California to Canada. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>